Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the question and answer session that followed my talk about how guided games as a feature is not working. And we talked about the limitations of it, things I could do to fix it. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can tune in live. I'm probably live right now. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. The link is right there below. Just look up say no to rage. If I'm not live, click the follow button so you can catch me when I am live. I will be traveling a little bit, but... You can come in and join these conversations, and if you're here right now, be sure you are clicking that follow button in the event that uh, I'm out of town for the Anthem thing or things like that. You can catch me when I come back from that couple days off. Okay, so I walked through talking about what's the problem. It's a lopsided funnel. There's not enough experienced players to go in there. Even if they were in there, there's not a lot of motivation for them to go in there week to week, and they also limit how many raids you can do in a given week. So I kind of spoke to those as I see them to be the main pain points for guided games getting good interaction. There's plenty of there's plenty of people that probably need help with raids. It's just not enough people in the funnel that are competent and able to help a team. Even people who are experienced with raids aren't quite the same as somebody uh, who can take a team and kind of lead them. And yes, notifications are off during this segment. So tips, bits, subs, and resubs. I do thank them during Q&A, but I don't want the sound cue hitting. People listening to the podcast suddenly have to be like, how you living, hotshot? Like, I don't want that hitting the uh, the podcast. So the first question is from Mexicola. I've always thought that the subclass trees in D2 regressed massively in comparison to D1. Do you think they should go back to the way they did in D1 and improve upon that? And do you think they will? If the rumors are true, then I think you will probably see better skill trees in the future. But something I think people need to realize is pretty much all of the skill trees in D1 themselves over time devolved into predictable assignment patterns, right? If you took a poll of a hundred warlocks who ran self-res, they were probably all running very, very similar builds. It wasn't like there's a, oh, your self-res is miles of, of apart and different than my self-res. You see what I'm saying? Like, there wasn't this gigantic difference. Now, it was nice, I will say this, it was nice as a titan, as a defender, when we started doing different things with Gift of the Void and Gift of Light and getting Golgoroth to shoot the, the, the bubble and moving orbs and making orbs in the War Priest fight, there was a lot of things we did there that it came from switching perks around that ordinarily I didn't run. And then they've, you know, they've obviously gone to the, uh, the, different, the different format now, which is you just pick attunements, right? With picking attunements, I do think they're on to something that's better, but more more drill down would be helpful. I like the idea of picking an attunement and it changing the way that I play, right? I pick uh way of way of a thousand cuts. I pick attunement of grace, I pick attunement of the sky, I pick attunement of flame. You played very, very different depending on that. Dawnblade with the bottom tree versus using the tree with Well of Radiance. Completely different experiences for the player. So that is a good idea. 
when I'm running a hunter and I'm running way of a thousand cuts, I never ran solar hunter ever. Oh, I had, I didn't like solar hunter, but when I run way of a thousand cuts, I have an absolute blast, you know, blade barrage, knife trick. There's plenty of reasons to like way of a thousand cuts. And that would have never happened if they wouldn't have done that. So when I look at the, when I look at the attunements, I think there's potential there. I would just want to see a drill down in those. If you've played games like the elder scrolls online, where when you pick sort of a, a skill an ability tree you start to drill down in that tree and then those abilities have modifications and then those modifications can be upgraded so I'll give you an example what if I built way of a thousand cuts to apply burn damage anytime I hit somebody with knife trick it applied burn damage but you took a different route you took the route of hits with hits with knife trick regenerate the next knife trick throw faster right and then there's another tree there's another tree where if you hit something with knife trick it's a debuff and it makes them take more damage so you've got a damage tree a a, a speed tree and then you've got like a, a a suppression tree like the damage over time would just help with you know suppression and keeping enemies at bay well whichever one you pick if you pick damage over time and I pick the damage debuff, once you do that, you would drill down into those abilities and make those abilities different, stronger, maybe apply in different ways. Maybe the the damage over time one could get a modifier. Well, where if you kill anything that has the damage over time, it causes an explosion and spreads the dot damage to other other nearby enemies, right? Or the one that causes the debuff, you could make it last longer. You could make it hit multiple targets. You know, all sorts of things you could do because you're drilling down in a different one than me. If you do the speed one, every time you land a hit, it makes the next one come out faster. You could get modifications to that to maybe add a damage multiplier. If you're getting kills in quick succession, it's adding a multiplier, like almost like a rampage to the knife trick. That's one ability, and that's three different approaches to using that ability that would make you and I play way of a thousand cuts vastly different from each other and as we level up the skill trees we're we're drilling down into those experiences and that dictates you know how we feel with that character that would take the attunement idea i think and bring it into a fuller potential where you're you are still picking an attunement but once you pick that attunement you then invest in it and play in different ways dependent upon you know how what you like to do and what you think is the most beneficial or your team comp right you're putting together a team and there's two hunters if you've both done due diligence and you can kind of switch between the two skills one of you could run the damage buff and then the other could run the damage over time and then kind of combine them things like that so I don't know if if Twitch chat just went full lurk on me. Okay, there it goes. Another person said something. I was like, nobody has said anything for like a full minute. That's odd. But I know during the Q&A session, we get very heavy on the lurk, which is totally fine. But Twitch chat's been having issues lately. So I always get, I always get scared when chat just stops moving for a long period of time. So many worker lurkers. I love you. You know I love you. We just want to make sure chat's not glitching out. Leviathan says, Guided Games has been a flop. Is it worth trying to fix or just remove it since people use LFG even if it can be toxic? I like the idea though, but wait times are annoying. I mean, pretty much everything I spoke to in the video is an answer to what you're saying. The idea that, you know, it just isn't worth doing. It's it's too nobody's going in there the wait times are too long all of that i think 
I was trying to speak to all of it. I was trying to say, hey, not enough people in the in the funnel. That's why you're waiting forever, by the way. You're not waiting forever because people don't want to run raids. It's because you there, there's just not enough people jumping into the funnel. And that has that has depreciating returns over time. Because if you go in and you're like, I kind of know what I'm doing, or I need some help, and you have a terrible experience waiting for forever, you'll probably never go try again. And if you never go try again, then you're leaving the funnel too. So the funnel needs filled. And I think one of the best ways to do it was is with incentives and incentives that can't be cheesed, as well as giving, giving people uh, the ability to run more than three raids in a given week would be a huge help and a huge win for the community because then you're 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 filling the funnel but you're not just filling the funnel with people you're filling the funnel with people that feel like their time is being well spent you know it'd be one thing to like fill the funnel and then nobody ever really feels like going in because well sure you know you've you've motivated me to go into guided games but if they walk away and they don't feel like they, their time was well spent that's why you have to let people run more than three raids per week because then they say even if the team falls apart and we don't get all the way to the end right if we don't get all the way to the end that's okay right that's okay because we can always get extra drops there's things that we're going to get there's things that you know that are that are going to happen that keep you kind of in that mindset that like I'm motivated to stay in here we may have just gotten a slightly better um, a slightly better version with ricochet rounds than the one I'm using I'm running a feeding frenzy surrounded but this new one has better range and stability we would lose a little bit of handling a little bit on the reload speed but that doesn't matter so I feel like we need to break this one down to get surrounded spec off of it do I have another surrounded spec I wonder if you're listening to this on iTunes. I'm making a decision on a hammerhead. Uh, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna delete it, and then I'm gonna come in here, and I'm gonna add that for the increased damage. We're gonna add surrounded spec that we just got, and then we're gonna masterwork it, and then we'll infuse it. So next question from Belden0324. Lono, theoretically speaking. If Guided Games works as intended, would there still be a market for third-party LFG sites? Yes, there would, and, I, and, and the reason for that is a lot of what went into my talk. A lot of what went into my talk is the idea that... The, a lot of what went into my talk is the idea that people that have solutions keep using them. And I don't think that would change if Guided Games suddenly became more effective. People aren't going to suddenly say, oh, well, Guided Games is really effective now. I'm going to stop playing with my buddies, right? I'm going to stop playing with my buddies. I'm going to stop playing with my clan. I'm going to stop using lfg.netter.com. I don't think so. I think people would still continue to do those things. I do. I think they would continue to uh, to to dig in and say, I'm going to do... I'm gonna do these things. I'm gonna I'm gonna play with my buds. I'm not gonna. You're not gonna abandon your buddies, your clan, or you know, or what you view as a viable solution just because you can, uh, just because you can you can use guided games, you know. Like right now, you can go play PvP and use matchmaking, or you can play with your buddies. Which is gonna be more appealing to you? Do you think? You know, which is gonna which is gonna be like a, a better use of your time? Well, if you like playing with your buddies, you're gonna play with your buddies. 
Just because matchmaking exists for PvP doesn't mean you just you instantly find it more appealing to uh, to play something, you know, play to do guided games. And they might do both. They might do both. Again, keep in mind what I said. If they allow you to run more than three raids per week, you could still run with your buddies. You could still use LFG, but periodically, if you're like, dude, it's a Friday night, me and me and Joey over here want to raid. Let's see if we can't get a group through guided games. I mean, it'll be faster than using LFG right now, you know, or whatever, whatever the case may be. So, next question from SF Aiden. I know it's not relevant to this Q&A, but how would you feel if Bungie made faction exotics, Graviton, Sweet Business, and Sunshine into pinnacle weapons, much like the Breakneck? Uh, they're not useful exotics, and the way they could add something cool to faction rallies is come back and offer them as a pinnacle weapon. In a previous talk about the exotic problem, I, I promoted this idea not in the way that you're promoting it. I basically said exotics are... There are exotics in the game that are never going to be strong enough to be considered exotic or worthy of use, and I use the Graviton Lance as an example of just make that a pinnacle weapon. If the Graviton Lance is suddenly dropping as a legendary weapon with random rolls and the mod slots and all that love, but then you can get the pinnacle version with cosmology and all that, that'd be awesome. Or, leave them as they are, but steal their perks create a pulse rifle that is clearly inspired by the graviton and if you remember there was the there's the hawk moon and then there was the luna well those were in those were rela- guns that were related to each other it was clear both from the name and from the look of the gun you could do something very very similar with graviton there could be a there could be a forge weapon or some sort of quest or something or a nightfall or a mission i don't know a grindable area where you can get instead of the graviton lance they could call it you know the gravity i don't know the gravity spear or the graviton something like that we've got the graviton forfeit the graviton lance and you could call it the graviton shield or the graviton you know scimitar sword i don't know i'm just throwing out names none of these sound that good but uh we'll leave that we'll leave that to the professionals um i would say that would be a way of of creating that idea that we're continuing to dig in on the pinnacle weapon structure instead instead of what we we typically do now which is what they typically do now is they just throw an exotic in and once everybody gets it the conclusion generally speaking is this isn't even worth using you know now the Jotun people are really enjoying the Jotun so if you're really going to do it you got to swing for the fences but I do think Bungie is sitting on a mountain of good ideas. If you read, I mean, go into collections, pull up collections, go into exotics, and just comb over these weapons. Just comb over them, you know? Just look at the, look at the Suros, the Crimson, look at the, look at the Huckleberry, and the Sweet Business, and try not to say that these would be great perks for Pinnacle Weapons. The Merciless, you know, the, the perk on there... It, they could they could take a lot of those perks and use them on pinnacle weapons and that would be a really great grind and those guns would be really freaking fun to use and i think it would be a nice hat tip and a nice way to honor the exotics that came into destiny at a time where the game and the weapon system was kind of crappy right the 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 weapon system during d2's launch is a reason to try to bring some of those guns back to their glory in the form of a pinnacle weapon 
that's this is obviously my opinion but d1 d2's launch date just didn't treat a lot of these weapons this is why i've been saying bring back the year one weapons like the old-fashioned and all those so we could grind for them because they too existed at a time when the weapon system sucked so the old-fashioned is a dope gun just lost forever in that era of crap weapons like but if I could get that to drop with random rolls and two in, in, in the mod slots, and I could masterwork it and all that fun stuff, I would grind for a a quote unquote god roll old fashioned. There's tons of there's a ton of guns you could do that with the Mananan and all the rest. If they make scouts good again, then the Mananan could be another great pursuit for people that really like that gun and really like scouts. It brings back that Taken King era feel, you know. Gail, thank you for two months. Welcome back. Roll your D. 20 says for me i never really used guided games but even so it seems increasingly harder to find a raid team on xbox even using discord do you think bungie will be able to remedy the situation in in a very general sense we were talking about this this morning with our own lfg and our clan system and why we shrunk the clans and and made some of those decisions I just think the co- the community's engaging with the game a lot differently than they used to. I think they're 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 not running raids like they used to. They're not thinking about raids the way they used to. Rather the machine in Age of Triumph in some respects set set the tone for dis big big disappointment with Leviathan. Leviathan in a vacuum is not a terrible environment. It's not they're not it's not terrible encounters. It's not a terrible raid, okay? It's not. But the the Leviathan raid on the heels of Age of Triumph just felt like a screeching of tires like like what is this? It's mechanically heavy. It feels like a freaking game show. There are no bosses. The boss you fight is a very glitch-ridden fight, and the ammo economy and the double primary system made the the Callus Throne Room extremely frustrating at times. And so I think the raiding community went through a metamorphosis of disappointment, and they haven't come all the way back yet. They haven't. The... The Last Wish raid is a masterpiece. If we just ignore ignore how strong we are for just a minute, like we can we, we can kind of bypass a lot of the mechanics, okay? As it is as a raid, the Last Wish raid is a masterpiece. It is so well done. It is so good. It's it's a humongous raid. The encounters are awesome. The Riven fight is absolutely brilliant there's no fight even the oryx fight in d1 struggles i think to compare to like the the gravity and the scope of the of the riven fight such a good fight and then scourge of the past is basically a wrath of the machine flavored raid that is really really fun i just think the problem is they the the honeymoon period of of age of triumph they haven't won a lot of people back yet to the to the rating all of the time. Here's the other thing I think that's hurting them is they've made, in my estimation, they've made bad decisions about how to handle drops in the raid. How to handle drops. The curated rolls and random rolls was such a good idea, but when you limit people to three raids a week, there's no internal economy, there's no NPC, so like grinding the raid and leveling up, there's nothing like that. There isn't anything. We went from Wrath of the Machine with... An internal economy for re-rolling armor to Age of Triumph, which brought back all of our favorite weapons as exotics, to 
a format and rating that I think is outdated and archaic. If I could, and if you could, and if a lot of the raiding community could go into a raid each week and know I can keep trying for the 1k voices, I can keep trying for the role that I want on Shattering Bone or Nation of Beasts or, you know, whatever it is you're going after, right? Whatever it is you're chasing, if you knew you could kind of just keep going in there and stay in that lane, I think the raiding community would have a better time bouncing back. I think that's one of the dilemmas. It's it's not as simple as just being like, oh, the raids in D1 were better. I, that's subjective, and I think Scourge and Last Wish are fantastic raids, so it's not as simple as just being like, oh, these new raids must suck, Bungie did a bad job. No, not, 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 no, nah. I don't think that's it. I think there was just a lot more that happened in the process, and what would motivate people to raid each week now is the random roles, the curated roles, the chances for those cool exotics like the Anarchy and the 1K Voices, and you really, really take the wind out of people's sails if they go a month and have a bunch of bad luck. They just don't feel like jumping back in. They're like, I don't feel like raiding. I gotta wait all the way to the end to get another not 1K Voices, you know? Uh, Eid Garrison says, what about exotic armor catalysts I think catalysts were a band-aid at a time where we needed power and pursuit and I don't think catalysts are going to be coming to exotic armor uh, if you if you go to the armor there's not even a spot for it it's not even like they're hinting at or waiting for exotic armor catalysts I I happen to think that exotic catalysts on the weapons were they were a, they were a bit of a band-aid and they did fine. They did their job. They got us through a dark time and gave us something to chase. And there are some exotics now that when you when you get them, you know, it feels feels extra saucy on you know the cold heart and all these others that when they get their uh, when they get their catalyst, they're nice. But I don't think they're going to be they're going to be expanding the catalyst system to armor. Um, mythological figure. Could a say no to rage Q and A voice only mentorship version? Could a oh could a voice only mentorship version of guided games work? The Sherpa joins a party chat, but does his own daily grind activities. Voice coaching. The Sherpa gets an exotic RNG boost for minimum commitment. The LFG group gains Q and A support. I don't think no. I don't think this was... I don't think this is something that people would get behind. Like, we're doing Q&A in chat right now. We're having a great time. But, like, I, no, I don't think anybody's going to boot up in, in Destiny and be and want to be, like, calling into what amounts to, like, a radio show host player. You know? I don't know. I, I like the idea of, like, if you're the host you know of the group you get like a benefit they could do that right if you had increased chances for the anarchy and the 1k because you're you're part of the group that's helping that's another that's another incentive idea that i think people would latch on to you know they would get they, they would get behind that they'd be like dude i'm gonna get my i'm gonna get my anarchy this week i'm gonna do as many guided games as i possibly can um that i think would be would be one of the we talked about incentives that could be another one that they add uh, Specter YDG thoughts on certain lore books being tied 
uh, to RNG, most loyal dreaming city. Feels like a bit of a misstep. We've answered this question a thousand times. You may, you just, obviously probably haven't been here. We've answered this a lot. They need to remove the RNG from the titles. That's. I feel like everybody just nods in agreement when that comes up. I don't think anybody's like, no, it's fine how it is. You know, RNG attached to a lore book and a and a title is totally fine. I don't think I've met a single person yet that's defended it. Uh, I think they added the the title chase. Again, kind of like catalysts, they were like, "We got to give them something, so let's give them titles, and let's give them these lore books." And they, incidentally, again, some of the problems with Destiny, as they've been doing it, they give us a ton of stuff, and then like logistically, they make missteps. And so I think that was a, just another sort of logistical misstep, where they should have not tied it to RNG, right? JD Gamer, do you think Bungie will scratch the scrap the idea with guided games in D3 and make it in-game LFG like the companion app? I don't if Luke Smith is at the helm and and he's going to make things, you know, more along the lines of like RPG, more hardcore, you know, if that's the path we're going to head down, I would think I would think they'd be more inclined to put stuff like that inside the game. And not say, oh no, you got to go outside the game for these solutions. Uh, you know, they would say, no, we want people to be in this glorious end game. And one of the ways to do that is to put stuff inside the game that is a solution for those players. I mean, if the community's proven anything over the years, is that they have no problem using LFG. So if you if you streamlined it and put it in the game, you know, hire hire some of the guys that run LFG.net or .com and and have them help you. You know, orchestrated in 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 have them help you build it. I mean, they could give you feedback on how you're building it, how you're approaching it, and really inform you know the the structure of it and say, well, over the years we found this, 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 and this to be really effective, and to mitigate on this, we did this. I mean, there's a lot of things they could probably say to inform the execution of in-game uh, LFG. And I know people are like, oh, well, that would pull away from the LFG sites, man. They built such a wonderful tool blah 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 like Bungie doesn't necessarily need to worry about that that's not their responsibility their responsibility is to build a good game with solutions contained inside the game New Age Messiah personally when I've had guided games it's only been a positive experience the main caveat being the long wait time do you think instead of having to go into each nightfall and raid etc you select your role for the activity and a global queue list could be done which shows the queue times for each activity and you could continue uh, pottering around the planets while queued would be a step in the right direction in making things accessible. I love this idea. The only thing I, that's probably standing in the way of this happening is that we don't have dedicated servers. <clears throat> so you would need something to carry the queue above and beyond the fact that you're you're queuing into instances, strikes, public spaces, etc. So you're doing that, and while you're doing that, they're 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 also queuing you for your you know your guided games. You know, the long wait times is really the problem that we were getting at with the talk. I mean, that's really the issue. So if they could do something like what you're saying, that is. A solution but I don't think that's enough and the reason why is if you're really wanting to raid and you have limited time 
and the wait time is you know 20 or 30 minutes or longer sure it's nice that you can go do pubs and other things to spend your time so you're not wasting your time but if you still have to wait a really really long time the downside of that is that's a significant percentage of your your play session right you only got so much time to play and you spend a lot of it even though you can even though again you're occupying your time and you're doing stuff with your time that's all well and good but you're you're not doing the thing you want to do so i like this as an, as an an option but i think ultimately they need to think about how can we fill this funnel so that doesn't happen that shouldn't be the norm right we shouldn't be trying to meet the pain point of a long queue time by saying well, just let them go and do other things. That might end up being a punt, right? If they do that, they could be like, well, you know, yeah, the queue times are long, but we've, we've opened it up so you can go and do other activities. I don't want you to punt. I want you to solve the problem, not mitigate the pain. Like, if the pain is long wait times, you know, that's like putting a, a TV in the waiting room at the doctor's office and you put movies on it. And you're like, well, what? We got movies running. Sure, you had to wait 45 minutes for your appointment, but your kids got to watch half of Moana. You'd be like, well, yeah, but I don't want to sit in your freaking waiting room for 45 minutes. I don't care if my kids got to see Moana. You see what I'm saying? It would be, you would want them to shorten the wait times at the doctor's office. <laughs> Uh, Kale's Misorum. I never used or led a guided game. Um, is that indicative of the structure of guided games, or is that just not effectively using available tools? Well, I mean, if you've never done it, there's a couple of questions you'd have to ask or answer. Ask and answer. Why not? Right? What's the reasoning? Are you not interested? Did you try and you had a bad experience? Or are you completely clueless of the fact that it was even an option on the map, right? I would say it isn't super in front of people, right? I'm going to show you. Right here is the raid, and then here is guided games, and then it says beta, okay? So if you're not familiar with what that is, there's two things going on. It says... It says beta, and then it doesn't explain what it, why, how it's different. Scourge of the Past... Scourge of the Past guided game beta. Okay, are you educating? Are you educating the player? Select mode. Oh, and then here's the information: chat required, full clear, multiple hours, commitment forty five minutes, guide or seeker. Do you see? So, number one, I mean, aesthetically speaking, it might be, it might not really be on people's radar because of the way it's put. You see it, and you're like, what is this? Oh, it's a beta. I don't want to run a beta. I don't want, what does that mean? And then you click on it. Well, after you click on it, there's another thing you have to click on, which is select mode. And then after you click on select mode, it has everything in front of you. So, I would say one of the first things they could change from a UI standpoint is have it educating the player. When they click guided games, have it explain what it is looking for a team but can't run you know run a raid right now or whatever you don't have your buddies aren't around use a guided game you can help or be helped like it should say something it doesn't really say anything and i know a lot of times people are like well why would they need to do that we all know what it is not necessarily you're assuming everybody reads the forums and watches twitch i mean that's that's not a that's not a normal day-to-day activity for a lot of the player base a lot of the player base 
does literally nothing in the realm of reading Bungie's blogs, getting on Twitter, checking YouTube. They don't do any of that. That's why when people come in and they're like, hey, Lono, what is this? What's the flashpoint this week? And people are like, you know, use Google or the or, or what did Bungie say? And they're like, it's on their Twitter. Go look at their Twitter. They're like rude to people that come and ask questions. I'm always like, no, we can he- we can be a resource. Like that's what we can be for people that come in and and don't know the answers to their questions. I'm always fine with that. That's always been something I've enjoyed, and I think that speaks to, to a larger issue that there are a lot of people in the player base that have no clue about a lot of the things in the game. People will say to me literally, "Well, once you hit max level, what are you going to do now?" They're completely not in tune with any of the weapon grinds, any of the loot pursuits. They don't pay any attention to it. Uh, Jasky, the RNG in this game needs to be tailored so that your odds go up the more times you don't get something. I agree with you. For example, the item that you has dropped for you in the chaperone quest has still not dropped for me, and I've been playing almost daily since day one Forsaken. The item that has to drop to do the chaperone quest... I wasn't aware that the chaperone quest started based off of RNG. I did not know that. Uh, I've almost gotten no Forsaken Exotics either, except for shards and something else. Uh, it's unbelievably frustrating. It makes me want to just turn the game off every time I get a year one exotic thoughts. Well, whatever they're trying to do with drop protection, it isn't working. It just isn't working. The Number one, it shouldn't be, it should not be duplicate drop protection. It should be, this doesn't happen. You don't get a year one exotic if you've already gotten it. It's just, what is the point? Chaperone isn't RNG. Yeah, I didn't know. I don't know what he's talking about. Um, I've never, I've never actually, I've never actually seen or heard that. Chaperone's quest starts from Holiday. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there's something that's supposed to drop that is RNG. Um, that seems like bad information, bad intel. The malfeasance is RNG from Gambit, kind of. They've increased the spawn rate of the of the meatball, so it's it, it's RNG based there. But then you just have to win. Um, so the idea of items becoming more likely to drop when you don't get them, I'm okay with that. I've been promoting that idea for a while with both the 1K voices as well as the anarchy. I think that'd be totally fine for Bungie to say, hey, it's your, it's your third week in a row doing all your raids and you didn't get a 1K. We're going to raise your drop rate a little bit, you know, and then... So with exotics, I think you should get like weekly weekly drops of exotics. Or at the very least, at the very least, Bungie could put exotics in particular places and you run a strike over and over and over again or something and there's a chance for it to drop there and that chance goes up the more you don't get it. I think that's totally fine. Having intentionality toward an exotic dropping and then having the RNG kind of treat you the same way Escalation Protocol does and the same way the Nightfalls do, I think that'd be okay. And I think it gives people that 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 lane to get in to pursue something that they really, really want. Uh, Janismo. Do you think Bungie can handle Destiny 3 for PC without Vicarious Vision's help, or is there even D3 coming to PC? Well, number one, they're not going to leave PC. That would be incredibly dumb. There's no way they do that. I, even hinting at that is, uh, there's that that seems completely unlikely. What's most likely to happen is a pivot to an engine 
that is built for optimization on all platforms, right? So, if you have PC, Xbox, and PS4, and then the new consoles, it's a lot easier to adapt the game to all those different platforms if you build it in the Unreal Engine. That's what they did with Fortnite. That's why Fortnite's able to to work on virtually everywhere. It works on phones, it works on old consoles, it works on PCs. Unreal Engine Destiny 3 seems likely. I'm telling you that if it, it there's a logical there's a logical sequence to the argument. Why would you break break way with Activision? Why would you part ways with Activision? The main pain point that we've noticed over the years from Activision was deadlines. It wasn't that Activision was micromanaging the content. They weren't making it difficult for people, you know, to to buy the game or get into the game. Okay, the main pain point that from Activision was deadlines. If Bungie wants to get away from a deadline problem, that means it's safe to assume that means they want more time for something. The easy answer to that is building Destiny 3. Well, why do you need more time for building Destiny 3? There's two possible answers. We want to make the game massive and it takes us so long to build in the Tiger Engine, we need as much time as possible. The other answer is we want to build the game in the Unreal Engine. I think the Unreal Engine answer becomes the most probable answer because there's new consoles on the horizon and I just think that that is the safest play. It's the long game, but it's a safer play. There's no way to know if the Tiger Engine's even going to interface with these new consoles in a good way. You can't optimize this game to run as well across the board. It's harder, It's and it's harder to create content. They're going to automatically shackle themselves to a you know to an inferior engine and inferior dev tools which means they're still going to be in the same dumb situation that they've been in all this time. It was it was basically an accident. I don't think they saw the future and knew how much Tiger was going to limit them. So the more I look at it, the more I think this game's got to land in a new engine and if it lands in Unreal, there's no th- th- it won't be difficult for them to have it running on PC old consoles and the consoles that are launching in the next two years. So BWF Glow, do you think people would gravitate to being Sherpas in guided games if the rewards were more than just an emblem, maybe cosmetics or something along those lines? Yeah, I mean I touched on this in the talk. Giving people ornaments for raid weapons or ornaments for raid armor would be a really great start uh here's an idea that i just thought of that i wish i would have put in my video oh my gosh what if what if you're limited to three raids per week but you can run as many guided game raids as you want per week and get drops so you would run your three raids with your buddies, but then if you wanted to keep getting chances at certain guns and keep getting opportunities, the only way to do that is in guided games. That is the answer right there. I would. There, there are people in our community that would do that. They would get their three raids done. That they'd be like, you know what? I want more chances at the threat level. I want more chances at the Anarchy or the 1K. I'm going to throw myself into guided games. Now, again, you have to keep people from cheesing it. You have to keep people from cheesing it. If people go in, if people go in and can intentionally do guided games while their friends are in there and they get basically paired up with their buddies, that's not, that's not, that wouldn't work. 
that wouldn't work it would have to be you have to get in a guided game with somebody that you have never played with before and that eventually you'd run you might run out of people but the idea was if you just keep filling the funnel you wouldn't run out of people i feel like there's always somebody in the mix that hadn't run it before even if you just went in the guided games with five of you and all you need is one person one person that you haven't played with before and you carry them through the raid you know make it so people in the same clan can't match each other well then yeah i guess people would just leave clans but then you wouldn't want people being motivated to leave clans and rejoin clans that would be a nightmare too I don't know. You'd have to make it so it's not cheesable, but I think that would be the solution. There'd be a very, very sharp and clear difference between, hey, you got your three raid runs, no more drops for you unless you go and do guided games. And that's unlimited. I think that'd be that'd be a solid... We're taking a lot of ideas and landing on what would be considered a very well-rounded solution, I think. Sasquatch. As a former Sherpa familiar with guided games, the biggest problem for it is obviously the rewards, well, and the wait time. Uh, Do you think allowing non-powerful rewards to drop even after your weekly completion is a good solution? A ghost from guided encounters that increases exotic drop rates? That's a good one. Uh, More reasons to be a guide would increase the amount of guides. Yeah, we just touched on what we think is a pretty good uh, idea, and I would say that if you take that idea and you... You, you you take it beyond what you're talking about, then yeah, I think there's a lot you could do. Menti says, Guided Games needs exclusive loot and rewards to give folks an incentive to actually doing it. Emblems aren't enough. I think ornaments would be strong, a strong motivator. If you could make all of the, the weapons from Scourge look really sick and awesome by running Guided Games... You gotta like level up and then you unlock different ornaments. I think people would go for it. I probably I would go for it. That would honestly be kind of fun streaming content, right? Getting in there and be like, hey, you know, do you think you can come into our Discord, you know, instead of using game chat? Or we could just use the Battle.net, you know, chatting service. Yeah, let's get this done, man. Thanks for being here, blah 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 blah. And then I could get a chance, I could, you know, grind some ornaments for my guns. That'd be pretty dope. Mac 2099, I have used guided games and the wait times can be extremely long. One of the pain points is having just sit in orbit while waiting. Could an easy fix be? Yeah, uh, New Age Messiah had this idea already. You can pre- go do stuff while you're in queue. Again, as I spoke to this with the doctor's office analogy, we want queue times to go down, right? Waiting for 45 minutes for your appointment in the doctor's office freaking sucks. You don't, you don't want to be like, oh, well, they let us watch movies, so that, that, that fixes everything. Yay, thank you so much, inefficient doctor's office. You would say, okay, the, the, the movies are a nice they're a nice band-aid while you guys figure out your internal logistics and scheduling, but for frick's sake, I'm not going to come to this doctor's office anymore if you can't fix the wait, you know, the wait times. Jacris, hey, Lono, I know this isn't the style of question generally like it would take away from the identity of destiny if your primary and secondary weapon was all one pool and you had to pick two weapons to put in the other in their in either slot i mean that would give me what i've been asking for i've been asking for the ability to put like nation of beasts up in the primary slot and you know threat level down in the energy slot just so my button presses are the same that i've done for four years but the other reason to do that is i have been asking for the return of a true elemental primary all primaries do all primaries do it, uh, I'm sorry all elements do in this game is pop shields 
So if I suddenly had a true elemental primary and then an elemental secondary, you're not handing me the keys to the kingdom. I'm not just going to suddenly just start wrecking everything in sight. That that's that's just ludicrous. You know, they're they're not they're they're not that. Oh my gosh, I killed myself by skating into the wall. Wow. Uh, Sasquatch, do you think guided games shouldn't be respected to only clan members to be a guide? Personally, most people I play with aren't in my clan, and we couldn't do guided games. I didn't realize that was a restriction. Yeah, I mean, I would remove that restriction immediately. Again, if you if if we're acknowledging that one of the problems is that you're not filling the funnel, if you're not filling the funnel with guides, then don't limit who can be a guide. I think the idea is they want people who are organized, but I don't know. I feel like you should be able to have a history of a person's raids. Like, oh, you've raided with this person enough. You know, you get a guided games token that the two of you can apply. And when you apply it, then it allows you guys to be, you know, Sherpas together or something. I don't know. That that seems kind of weird that it's only clan mates. I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to avoid you know, just random people going in and not having any sense of organization, but plenty of people play together that that have really organized teams and know what they're doing that are not uh, they're not in a clan together. Um, that's not abnormal to have happen. I remember me and my buddies played together for a really long time, and we were really good at raiding. We got really, really you know, we got pretty good at Vogue and Crota, but we didn't mess with the clan system for quite a while and even when we did we didn't fully understand it so i would i would wager to say you're again you're limiting the amount of people that'll go in there and be a quote unquote guide or sherpa and the reasoning is so it's more organized but you know maybe it's not swagasaurus i've done a sh- i've i've done sherpaing since crota and i think a lot of the issues is I just don't play with my clan, so I can't do guided games. Do you think it should require you to be in a fire team? Well, I mean, yeah, we just dealt with this question. Yeah, I didn't realize this is really good feedback for Bungie. Like, I don't think, I don't think that's a good look. Yeah, and then if you have a full clan, they don't want to be in there either because they're just going to meet people they can't bring into the clan. Yeah, I would say, you know, effective immediately, they should say as long as you're in a fire team beforehand, you can go into guided games. Because if I'm on your friends list, why why are we not good enough for, for guided games? Why do we have to be in a clan? Why do we have to be committed to a clan like that? There's plenty of people in this community that play together and raid together and are not in clans and you're you're making it to where they they can't do guided games and they would be great for guided games. A lot of people that hang out here and play together are would be great for guided games they're they're strong players they can lead a team they can they're patient they're kind but like you don't you know if suddenly there's an incentive to go into guided games with with a you know with a, a ranking system or, a, or an ornamental system or something but you make it to where you have to be in a clan you're still on the outset limiting the pool and limiting the funnel I feel like the idea for guided games was added into clans and therefore makes it so they don't need guided games. Yeah, it is weird. Like, you get people into clans, you require them to be in clans, which again, you're creating an environment where they don't need guided games and you're saying, that's just so convoluted. 
hey, all you people that are in a clan and play together on a regular basis, we have this option for you to come do guided games. And it's like, well, most of us don't need that because we're in a clan. You know what I'm saying? That, that's back. That's kind of, there's an element of that being somewhat backwards, like logically. Uh, next question. Naruto Master. They should have a battle pass. Just kidding. But they should have better rewards. I mean, you're just kidding. I think the Eververse could have used a book system. You buy it for 10 bucks, work your way through the book, and get all the cosmetics from that season. I think they'd make a killing on that. And I don't think anybody would really complain. Totally optional. You don't need to buy it. You can earn the stuff through RNG. Or you can buy the book for 10 bucks, and it's very intentional, and you're guaranteed as long as you do all the things to get all your stuff. It keeps people coming back every day and every week, and it gives people a sense of reward, and the, and and it's totally optional. It's just cosmetic stuff. It's just all the, the ornamental, you know, cutesy stuff from the Eververse. I think a, I think a bunch of people would buy that book. Yeah, the book system was around for like Age of Triumph and RO, uh, Rise of Iron, maybe, and then they did obviously they did the SRL books. Um, so, uh, oh, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Next question. Uh, what do you think from Simon? What do you think about people saying no kids allowed? I understand it. I think it's short-sighted. I do, but it's completely understandable. You play a couple of games where you get some dumb 10-year-old in your ear screaming obscenities, and you're not going to really have a, a bleeding heart for playing with children. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Over the years, you know, we really pushed back on that sentimentality here, and we had some of the best, some of the best raiders, some of the strongest players in our community were younger. Uh, you know, they were they were younger players, and it was uh, I think it was really important to the to the community that we had here. I think it was important to the the growth of the community, and I also think that a lot of the times you you don't know that you can have a good experience with a person from another background or something until you you expose yourself to it and it's unfortunate that a lot of times your your view or the stereotype you have of like younger players gets reinforced the first time you you know like all right we'll let you stay and then the kids screaming and yelling and being terrible um i'll be honest in my experience the worst times i have are when I play with arrogant know-it-alls who aren't kids. Now, I'm in a different position. I'm in a different position. As a streamer with a with an audience, you naturally have a little bit more authority than if it's just a bunch of dudes playing together and no one's paying any attention. No one is a no one's a first among equals, right? There's nothing wrong with saying that. Typically when you're rating with a streamer, I never was like arrogant, like I am the I am the one in charge. Listen to me. That was never my approach, but it was like, you know, you're coming into my world, you're coming into my stream, you gotta kinda do things my way. And the worst thing we always dealt with was people that didn't want to do it that way, or people that would sort of like passively do their own thing because they it was like it just hurt them too bad to do what they were told. It's, and I wasn't ever bossy. I was never, I was never wagging my finger in anybody's face. Like you will do this my way or get out. But whenever I got guff and talk back, I'd get kind of frustrated. I'm like, bro, you're in my raid. I'm not in your raid. Like you don't seem to understand how this works. You're in here. Cause you want a raffle in my channel. Like we didn't meet on the internet, like an LFG, you know? And so 
I think a lot of the times when you play with kids in this environment, they just naturally fall in line. They're like, that just, that relationship with the streamer is more of a, it's a passive authoritative thing where they're like, I'm not going to disrespect the streamer. I'm having fun playing with this streamer. I don't want to ruin my opportunity. But if you're using LFG and you get in there with some 11 year old and he gets mad at you for messing up and he starts going in on you and cussing you out and dropping all kind of bad language on you, you're like, I don't need to take this from you, kid. Like, you know, who are you? So it's understandable that it's, it's, it's a different environment playing with children and and a lot of the times when you're like, no children allowed, the sad thing is you may be stiff-arming players that would round out your team really well and help you get it done. They are typically better at the game than you are anyway. Uh, it's just a matter of you get a couple bad experiences with a couple bad apples, and you're like, well, I never want to play with that person ever again, you know. Or I never want to play that that type of person ever again. Mosephus, do you believe Bungie has made the raiding counters too puzzle or mechanics-heavy and that has reduced the amount of players who want to Sherpa others. I mean, here's the thing. I I don't think anybody's going into Last Wish and is saying, this is too mechanically heavy and difficult. I don't want to help anybody with this. Now, that may be related. Like, teaching people the end of Riven, you know, with the eyes and stuff. Which chart do you use? Okay, cool. I got to pull up the chart on my freaking phone. Uh, you know, I got to get this and that. That way we're all synced up. I got to have game chat on. You know, I got to read game. I got to read text chat. And that's why the Riven Cheese just became so popular. It's because nobody wants to mess around with any of that crap. So if you... If you give people something like Scourge of the Past, I think that's in a better place as a raid for kind of that reason. You're basically saying, hey, it's more it's more about intensity, it's more about organization as a team. It's not about like look at a map, shoot this thing. No, you shoot you shot the wrong thing. Wait, what do you call that? Oh, we call it this. Like, I don't know. Last Wish is so is so heavy like that. I could see people not that I could see that being one of the reasons people stopped playing and raiding. Last Wish might have pushed people away. It was not a uh, it was not a raid conducive to random groups. That certainly is that, that certainly is true. Um, certainly true. I just got Geomag stabilizers to drop. Oh my gosh! I hope I got a good roll. Okay, so I have Outreach and Hand Cannon Scavenger, and I got. Enhanced bomber, even faster grenade cooldown when using your class ability. But I didn't get a good scavenger. You don't really need a scavenger. But enhanced, enhanced, that bomber might be worth it. That bomber might be worth it. Thank you, babe. It was good. I just, it didn't go well with the coffee. It wasn't, it wasn't, uh, well, time. Thank you, mama. Uh, next question. Um... Sasquatch, do you think guided games should require you to have a full completion every encounter for raid guides? Oh, completed a nightfall that week for guides. That way you know the guides just somewhat know what they're doing. Yeah, I think those would be better requirements than you have to be in a clan, right? And then they could do something where they say, okay, the more completions you have, your guided game star rating goes up, and the higher your star rating you know, the more likely it might place you with people with a lot of inexperience or no experience at all. And you know that going in, you might be like, yeah, 
you know, give me lower experience players, but you don't get a chance to even select that box or check that box until you've done so many or until you get a certain rating. You know, that could be another badge of honor for people. Like, you... you get that rank and you get that 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 prestige and then you get to you get more stuff you get better ornaments like all, all those things could ratchet up for you based off of your your guided games rank next question is from damon gaming do you think an in-game lfg system like the one in overwatch could fix a lot of the issues uh, you can create a group with slots for specific classes specific activity possibly give people uh, based on their attitude and competitions or completions, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I think they could do something in game. They could do something in game. I don't think there's anything wrong with their the idea that they they have the solution inside the game. I just don't think they were equipped to ever really add it in this version of of Destiny. I'm not making excuses, but it just seemed it seemed pretty clear. If you look at the way guided games is structured, for whatever reason, like a posting board or an LFG board just didn't seem like something they they could crank out and do. I don't know why. I it, you know, I don't know why and I think that's one of the reasons guided games lacks some of the some of the the polish that it needs, some of the drive that it needs to you know, get people in there is because you it just Number one, we, I mean, we looked at it on the UI. It just doesn't seem that clear. And then you have no way of saying, like, I would just like to do this checkpoint. Or I, ha- I would like people to be at this power level. Or, you know, we, we, we would like to play with, we need a hunter right now. You know, like, you can't check any of those boxes. And so I think you end up with, I don't know, it just ends up being very... Now, people in chat have been saying like they had, they've had good experiences. That's that's all well and good, but you know they said the wait times are really really long. That again is another reason why I think people don't go in. If they knew they could go in and like have a custom experience of like here's a checkpoint that I have, here's here's where I want to start. I don't know. I feel like more people would use it. Uh, JD Gamer, do you think that Prestige will ever come back to D2 or they will just uh, out with the hard mode on Scourge and Last Witch and the new raid coming out in June? My only thought is they're, they've just hit a limit on here's how we make it hard, right? Here's how we make it hard and then they just delta scaled everything. The, the way to bring back the way to bring back Prestige honestly is you say here is the hard version you do it the way they did it with king's fall right king's fall was the perfect way to do it because you said here's the hard version and they scaled back the mechanics for normal and then that's where normal came from so the 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 spectrum of difficulty between the two wasn't so reliant on like we'll just make everything stronger make everything you know hit harder that i think was part of the reason why the prestige encounters and then and then they tried locked loadouts and then like nobody liked that 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 went over like a lead balloon people were like what all this cool stuff that i've grinded for i I can't use any of it you know i don't i don't want to use other things i want to use the stuff that i've grinded for so the 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 delta the delta scaling was a, was a was a sore spot for the community it was a sore spot for me 
And then the other thing that was a sore spot for the community was restricted loadouts. Just, just It just didn't go over very well. It just made the content feel... It was such an artificial form of difficulty. I've grinded for all this dope stuff, and I have my, I have my really nice loadout that I like to take into the raid, and you're making it so I can't use it, and so I have to use this chintzy loadout. And then a lot of people bounced from the idea of running... They would just, week to week, they'd be like, no, thank you. I mean, Joe Garoth knew that was going to happen. Joe Blackburn said, some weeks you're going to check it out and be like, oh my gosh, this is really, really hard. And other weeks you're going to be like, oh, this is really, really fun. Well, he was exactly right, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, there were weeks where people were like, I have zero interest in raiding. I'm not going to touch it. And then other weeks it was like, let's go through. It'll be real easy. We'll knock it out in 10 minutes. And that that just, again, creates that idea of not really wanting to be in the raid week to week young tesla what if you keep the lock on drops for normal raids but guided games you can come indefinite drops plus more glowing armor oh yeah you said this in chat i outlined this idea but you had already submitted your question i love this idea yes borquin do you think expanding the clan system would help the portion of the community that needs help completing high level content I think that is the answer. Like Warframe's clan system. In clan trading buffs or limited time perks. I mean, I think the clan system could use a facelift. I think it could have more to it. And then again, they could tie it to guided games. Like what if your clan went in there? You could get benefits for your clan. Now you wouldn't want to make it be like, well, if you're not in a clan, you have zero interest in guided games. What the, the, point, the point we would be making is the more we throw at the player base as a reward structure, the better off the better off guided games is going to be right the more people the more people you put in the funnel that know what they're doing in guided games or are organized you have clans in there even if the clans are just unlocking clan slots or clan shaders or clan ornaments or something i don't know any of those things even if that's what they're getting that would be a great way for people to say well yeah we should take our clan into guided games have you seen the stuff we can get you know you don't, but you don't want to do it in a way where people are like, well, if I'm not in a clan, guided games is a waste of freaking time. Do you see what I'm saying? There's a fine line. Like, right now, we've established that requiring you to be in a clan is a mistake, and it has led to people basically not using guided games. How many more of these dudes do I gotta kill? Um, I have made a tiny big mistake. I do not have the frame in my inventory. I'm a genius. Next question. Ruben, what would the difference be between guided games and matchmaking? Just trying to understand. Okay, so matchmaking is I'm by myself. Give me other people that are trying to raid right now. And it just throws you together. The guided games is supposed to have two funnels flowing into it. People that are saying upon going in, I am willing to guide a raid. I know what I'm doing. Me and my buds are going to take the charge here. And there's people over here saying, I got no clue what I'm doing. Please help me. So it is matchmaking, but it is a filtered and organized version of matchmaking. It's just like LFG, but a little bit faster. If, if the funnel was full, it would be a little bit faster. Because the idea is you're saying, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm looking to do. And then you, and then you find other people that are trying to do the same thing. This is a very similar idea to what LFG essentially is. The difference is, LFG. I don't even know if people determine 
who is in charge and who's not in charge but at least in this exchange it, it should be clear these guys are leading it they're the ones answering all the questions they're the ones kind of telling us how the encounters should go so he's got a games a lot I don't have any more tickets I don't know why you would limit people's engagement with it you should want to fill the funnel I would think Nate walls 90 do you think guided games there should be a time limit commitment that you agree to so it diminishes the amount of unfinished activities uh, to a point obviously nothing outrageous perhaps consequences for quitting oh maybe that's why they have the tokens or the tickets or whatever right now when you go to guided games it does tell you how long the activity is going to take it gives an estimation so the fact that you're saying this is just proof that so many people haven't even ever gone and looked at it that is the first time I have ever gone into the guided games menu I just never really looked at it so it does tell you in there about how long it should take universe uh, universism says um, or nervism says what incentive does guided games give for the ones guiding shouldn't there be a unique loophole yeah we definitely have addressed this there's not really anything there driving people in and an incentive system should would be better and it would work it would get people into the funnel that you need in the funnel the dark blade how long have you been playing the destiny franchise i am a day one beta player i did not get into the alpha but i've been playing destiny since the first day the beta went live of destiny one on my xbox just a fox here uh do you think that an lfg board in the tower or something similar in game would be better for the player than putting in resources trying to fix guided games I mean, maybe, but I think the, the reason that you might want to try to lean into guided games and get it working right is this, the container's already there. It might just need polished. It might just need tweaked and filled. If you filled the funnel, if guided games got a regular amount of people clicking on it and people were going in with a headset and they were either guiding or getting help, guided, you know, they were guiding or being guided, then I think it's a great system the funnel just needs people in there now there could be a bigger problem at play here as we said at the beginning of this or during this that there might just be a lack of interest in raids because age of triumph set everybody up to really just fall in love with raiding and leviathan was a gut punch it wasn't a very fun raid it was glitchy it was mechanically based the rewards were ho-hum and there were no clutches. It was the institution and the uh, and of the revive token. They just did a lot. They did a lot to take the wind out of the sails of people wanting to raid on a regular basis. And some of that could be at play in the limited amount of engagement that guided games gets. Santa Claus. If there would be one thing to be changed in Destiny 2 for the better, what do you think would be the number one thing that you would change for the game overall? Different engine different engine as soon as you change the engine there's like a like a laundry list of things you get to you get from that it could interface with dedicated servers the worlds could be bigger the environments could be larger they could build they could build and update the game at a faster pace there's a lot of things that would happen if this game got a new engine commander tyke how do you feel about the current exotic armor do you think they should continue to make exotics like the current ones or make crazier exotics like a throwable well of radiance I actually think the, the the exotics right now are amazing. I think there's some really strong exotics in the game. Geomags and then the um, you got Geomags you got Phoenix Protocol you got Shards of Galanor, One-Eyed Mask. I, I don't know if you could look at the current state of exotics and say they were boring. 
Uh, man, I, I really don't know anybody that could say that. If anything, people are saying they're too strong because of PvP, obviously. You know, PvP is is is, uh, is affecting the conversation quite a bit. You know, people are like, my gosh, you know, do I have to keep dealing with X, Y, and Z in the Crucible? Uh, so, I think they're pretty awesome. Keep making them how they are now. Og Sauce with nine months. That's a stream, baby. Welcome back, Og. Next question from Mac. Maybe a good incentive would be title or something extra like the perks being in a clan would be good for the guiders along with some other suggestions from the talk. Thoughts? We've already spoken to this. Yeah, we've already spoken to those things. Do you think weapons of light should be reintroduced? Uh, Weapons of light is basically in the game. You just have to shoot through the barrier of a titan. That's, That's your weapons of light. So weapons of light is in the game. Uh, right now, and it's in a form that is, you know, slightly different than it was before. You had to step in and out of the uh, of the bubble to get weapons of light and to refresh it. Uh, Papa Crabman, I didn't like the token system. What if running guided games gave you tokens you could turn into an activity vendor for the new loot? Uh, thinking back to Leviathan, what if? you could run it endlessly, get drops out of it so you could run raids endlessly. Yeah, we've already addressed this. Guided games allowing you to run endlessly would be a great idea. Garrison, do you think they could introduce a Vex Mimic Black Armory Forge on Mercury? The idea is to give Infinite Forge weapons the year two treatment. I happen to think there there's a lot that we're probably going to get that is that's recycled. I, I don't know. I, I'm just looking at all the things they've done in the game all the gear, all the weapons, and how exciting it is to chase cool rolls on weapons that you you want or like. You know, the forge is is has been a big testimony to that. You know, I I don't know. To me, to me that's a, that's a sweet place to be when there's a real uh, there's a real intentional grind and there's really cool stuff to chase. I don't know. I always feel like that is a uh, that's a great place to be. And if you've got a lot of containers in the game holding lots of weapons and lots of armor to be chased, I think they're uh, they're on a great path to giving us a great rhythm of content. More cat. Hey Lono, I'm tired of using all these other guardian superpower unique legendary weapons of lore, thorn, chaperone. If I'm supposed to be the messianic character in the story, where are my special unique legendary weapons of lore? Probably don't exist due to PvP thoughts. I mean, I this isn't really the that's not this question is very strange I I don't think we need weapons with lore tied to them I think there's enough lore in the game there's 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 plenty of things that make certain weapons cool you go and read the lore now if you want lore on legendaries I think this is where you could do it with pinnacle weapons if you did a pinnacle weapon that was like the graviton lance and you gave it you know you gave it that pinnacle weapon treatment and then you could even say, you know, hey, if you if you get the if you get the masterwork level ten like curated version, maybe it has maybe it has um, ro- you know lore on it, so that that way it's a different version of the weapon itself. And then you could say it is it is it is adding to that element. I just I don't think that's a big pain point in the game right now. I don't see a lot of people saying, you know, hey, I really really need there to be lore on my weapons or I'm just I'm not going to play 
I, I think people like to chase loot, not lore. Lore being attached is a benefit for sure, but I don't know if it's as pronounced as you're making it. I got baking soda. Do you think the next Destiny game will have a better raid armor? Some of Destiny 1, some of the Destiny 2 armor uh, looks boring. Subjective opinion that I don't think is actually true. I think a lot of the, just from a pure aesthetic standpoint, a lot of the armor in D1 was actually pretty bland. Um, honestly, it was. It was pretty bland. So, the, the I think the, the armor in Destiny 2 is honestly pretty elaborate. I think there's a lot going on that makes the armor in this look really cool. I feel like there's more moving parts. I feel like there's, I don't know, there's more decorative elements to it. It's clear where it's coming from. I don't know. I hate the D1 armor. Better than D1 armor. It's just an opinion. Right. Like, it's just an opinion. Like, I get where people are coming from. You first got your, you know, whatever, whatever you liked in D1. Like, I love the way the Wrath armor looks, but, like, I think I look pretty stinking baller right now. Like, I don't remember ever getting armor in D1 that looked how I look right now with Phoenix Protocol. I think I look pretty cool. I don't know. I don't think I've ever suited up in D2 and thought, man, I look boring. I don't know. I... I, I don't know. Again, it's subjective. It's opinion. So there's other people that are like, dude, I don't know how you could like any of the armor in D in D2. It's all hideous. And they just, and they kind of cringe whenever they see the armor. That again is, that's, you know, that's opinions coming out. And there's nothing wrong with having opinions about the way things look, but you can't say to that baldly, I don't think. Mac 2099, exotic armor or a mod idea. It converts one element damage into energy to fill your abilities or super. That way you get significant benefit. This would limit one piece and still take the time to damage. See, but see, you're getting in that lane of questioning that's like you just throwing out an idea and you want me to interact with it. Like, I don't, I, th- this is so hard for me, on, on, like, right off the cuff, like, on spur notice, like, I'm supposed to interact with this idea. I have no idea how this would even play out or work. I, that, this really isn't what Q&A is designed for. I don't have the... I mean, I'm, I'm pretty quick on my feet. I'm pretty quick on my feet, but I have no idea what you're really even trying to say here. It converts, you know, your abilities in super. That way you get more significant benefit. I mean, there's stuff in the game that already does that. There's abilities that feed your abilities in supers and make them regenerate faster already. I, you know, you're just, you're asking for armor that does that in a more pronounced way. I, Nest 2430... Uh, are you hoping Destiny 3 adds another weapon tier above exotic and instead of being able to equip one exotic weapon and armor, you can equip one of these as well, like Mythic? I I think there's a whole lot more room for power in our loadouts, but you have to be careful. If you're going to give us that much power, like let's say there's Legendary, Exotic, and Mythic, and you can kind of have one of each equipped. The assumption that I would be making is that these items would make you stronger. That's the assu- I'm going to make that assumption. I think it's a fair assumption. Well, how strong do we need to be? You would have to really change the nature of combat and the fights. Bigger, more challenging environments, bigger bosses. There, there'd have to be some sort of pain point that you're meeting. Do you need to be more powerful right now? Probably not. Even if they suddenly right now added mythical weapons that were even stronger than exotics, what what is it? What would it be doing? You would just kill bosses a little bit faster than you're killing them right now. 
So you would need, there would need to be a context in which those weapons land. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with more elaborate skill trees that you feel powerful the longer you play, but there's got to be a context where that lands and makes sense instead of just, well, now instead of killing the boss in 60 seconds, we kill him in 45 seconds. Like, okay, why did I grind for this weapon? I think there's room for experiential power shift. So you just shift from one gun to the next, right? So instead of using the instead of using the midnight coup or your favorite primary, maybe you, you're using the breakneck now. Well, that's fine. The breakneck does what it's supposed to do. It's a pinnacle primary weapon. It does it does it kills ads really fast, right? It gets the job done and you enjoy using it. It's experiential power shift. You're switching to something else that's powerful and the only real difference is your experience. I think that's fine too. I think that's totally fine too. Uh, Bullseye, do you think we will ever get a perk prestige info? So uh, we will ever get perk prestige info so builds will be easier to make. Would love to know how effective ammo finders are. Oh yeah, we talked about this when we talked about armor perks. It's like, where's the info? Like, what are we doing here? You know, where? where why? Why can't I know what this does? <laughs> why can't I know? What's the harm in knowing? You know, what, why why are you keeping this info from me? Um, now we've talked about how I think sometimes people misinterpret numbers. They're like, well, one percent so low, it's not going to do anything. Or, oh my gosh, ten percent is really high. This is going to be a really effective perk, and then it doesn't feel like it. Like your perception of what what a strong number looks like can lead to a bad perception of how efficient the perk actually is or how efficient it's going to be so i i think that's one of the dangers of giving us numbers but i think if it was just more clear cut like hey if you use this you get this ability back faster you get this ability here faster and when you do that there you're you you have that tangible like okay i'm getting my my grenades back, my melees back, whatever. And it's not just generic. It's like, this is how often I see them coming back. Fuzz bounce. Just wondering if you have any thoughts or hopes for PVE pinnacle weapon quests and future content updates. I don't like the quests. If you want my honest opinion, I would rather grind. I don't want to play 40 games a gambit. I, I don't want to run X number of strikes. I want to chase a role. I think the best way you do pinnacle weapons is they haven't done it. They haven't done it right yet. They haven't. I don't think they've done it right yet. I think you do it the way people are chasing the orchid. There's a curated role that is unique. So let's imagine the blast furnace has a curated role with desperado. That's the only way to get desperado on the blast furnace, right? So you're grinding the forge for that version instead of like let's imagine another version where there's another pulse that's not the blast furnace it's 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 like the breakneck you only it only comes one way it's basically like a legendary but it's an exotic because it has a static role there's no other roles on the breakneck right the hazard of the cast no shut up it's not there's no other there's no other breaknecks okay (laughs) so if if that's the case then it just is a transaction of time that's all you're doing you play enough gambit games you do enough things and then it spits the weapon out i don't know why i just find that to be incredibly disappointing and unsatisfying i don't find that to be that that thrilling of a chase it feels boring and bland personally i feel like they could do a whole lot more with 
uh, with loot pursuit when it's tied to that. There's there's something about chasing loot that makes this game's content loop bang on all cylinders. You go do this, you go do that, you grind the thing, it spits out the thing. You go do this, you go do that, you get that thing, it spits out the thing. And then you, you know, sing a little song about it. But if it's like, here's a quest to run 18 strikes, and then after running 18 strikes, run 10 nightfalls, and then do this, and then do that. And at the end, you shall receive your prize. And I'm just like, that's freaking boring. Like, what? Right? I'm just counting down the strike runs or the gambit game runs until I get my item. It also promotes AFKing. Right, like the loot the, the, the loop of content in this game, it, it's centered around grind. It's not centered around do X number of things to get the thing. Grinding forges, grinding strikes, grinding nightfalls, grinding raids, like these are all things we did in the past. Why? Because that content loop is how you got the best stuff. If somebody was like, oh, Lono, you want the Galahorn? Have no fear, my friend. You merely have to run five five raids, ten nightfalls, and a partridge in a pear tree. And then it's going to spit the thing out in your lap. That wouldn't have been... Nobody would have exciting... There wouldn't be a single exciting tale told about getting a Galahorn. There'd be no stories. There'd be no screaming, no yelling, no running around your living room. It'd be like, yep, I put in enough time, and I got my Galahorn. Yep, I put in enough time and I got my breakneck. It just, I, it, it robs, it robs of so much of that, that romance and that, man, you guys got destroyed. <laughs> Here, I got us covered. I got us covered, boys. There we go. All right, let's get to work. Sorry, I'm talking about the game here. They got, they got wrecked while I was trying to wait for my super to come. I don't know. When I look at the options of things to do in Destiny, and I have something that in order to get it, I put myself in a lane of a content loop, whether I'm running a Nightfall over and over again, or I'm running Forges over and over again, or like in D1, Strike, 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 Strikes, and then I got a key to go try for the Imago. Like, those are all in my in my estimation, right? This is Lono's opinion here. Those are all pieces of Destiny's content loop that feel natural it just feels like yeah this is what i'm gonna do with my time today instead of how do i want to put this okay here's here's how i want to say it if i would have known how many skeleton keys it would have taken to get the imago loop i probably wouldn't have done it or at the very least i would not have enjoyed myself while doing it because i know Every single time I get a skeleton key, it doesn't matter. There's no chance. There's no excitement. There's no like, maybe this is the one. It's 25 more to go. 24 more to go. 23 more to go. I'm punching a card. When it's RNG based, every single time you're like, dude, this one might be the one. And then when you get it, it's really exciting. The enjoyment level and the excitement while you were grinding for your breakneck just isn't there. You're just watching a number slowly get smaller. Do, do you see the difference? It's to me, it's 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 enormously different, enormously different experientially to have a chance at the loot every time on a on a rhythm and a cadence, as opposed to oh, I, it's gonna take me 450 strikes to get the Imago loop that I want. I wouldn't have done that. 
I wouldn't have done it. I'd have been like, heck no. Heck no. <laughs> 450 strikes? Are you kidding me? You know, Red Jive, thank you for the brand new Prime sub. Thank you everybody who's been using their Prime subs here lately. Having avenues for both? No, I actually disagree. I think quest lines for weapons are fine for exotics. They are not fine for weapons with rolls on them. You are you are robbing your game of grind. You are robbing your game of loot pursuit. It's like th- it doesn't make any sense. The lack of weapon dropping has, has caused me to hate content. Right, like, you have to think about it like that. It's not about the destination. Everybody's focused on, well, Lono, if they added more stuff to the game, that would be more stuff to chase. What's it matter if you're running a quest or if you're grinding the forge? The difference is your experience and your mentality while doing it. Every time you see that glittery thing drop on the ground, you're like, this might be the one, and you run over to it and you check it. You are not ever having that emotional experience when you know I got to play 40 matches. I got to run 25 strikes. Nothing is happening that's exciting during that entire time. Like write this down, Bungie. That's not good. It isn't. There's just no there's nothing addicting about that. There's nothing wooing about that. It's just like I'm almost done. I can't wait till I'm done. That shouldn't be the the sentimentality or the emotional state of the player. The emotional state of the player is I might get it today. I might get it this time. And you you stay in there. You feel like you're almost wrestling with the game. Like, give me the thing that I want. Like, it's, I don't know. It's like you're having a really good back and forth with the game instead of feeling like you're being drug across glass. Oh, wow, I went through that. Whew, give me my gun, please. It's just uh, knowing that after X runs, if you haven't got it yet, I will get it. Well, and then see, that applies in some areas. If you're going for a very specific role, I don't think you want to know, all I got to do is put in X number of runs and I'll get it. But if you know, like, when I'm going for a Warden's Law, I know every so many nightfalls, one will drop. I'm not waiting for an infinity, uh, an, an infinite amount of time to get any any of them to, it, to drop at all, Right? What guns are you most attached to? Guns that you grinded for or guns that the game gave to you transactionally? Right? What am I most attached to? I love my threat level. I love my wardens. You know, I love... I, I'm, I'm in, you know, enjoying using the hammer. I, I have such a stronger attachment to guns that I grinded for instead of guns that were given to me like a transaction of time. Thank you for your 40 Gambit games. Here's your breakneck. I mean, I love the breakneck. I'm not going to lie. It is a fun gun. I really like using it because my shards dropped that same week with auto rifle reload. It was like a match made in heaven. But like, again... I don't feel as attached to the breakneck. If I would have grinded for a breakneck, I'd feel a whole lot more attached to it. Whole lot more. So, questline exotics, I'm okay with. Don't do too many of them. You also need exotics to have destination locations so you can grind them, go for them. The the nightfall RNG should apply to them, you know, after so often, you know, you get you, you your chance goes up, but I think that if you're going to start adding pinnacle rolls like the breakneck, it should be in a it should be in a pool of possibilities and you're chasing it. That's what I think. That's what I think. That 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 is what made Destiny 1 such a good game. People fell in love with the pursuit of tier 12 and the right roll on a gun. What do you mean says I know there's been a lot of new bows lately, but what 
you think about them adding a bow that when you get a kill it causes a Valkyrie type explosion this is just a perk idea this is like dragonfly times 100 but for a bow I like it I personally think you're onto something bows getting dragonfly dragonfly is not big enough for a bow it feels like it should be a little bit more you know uh, Scru- Scrubbase says, Lono, been following you for a while now. First time submitting a question. I think your ideas about Gaudi games are great for the short term, but what do you think about a fully integrated LFG space into the tower? There could be a message board listing activities. Players are searching for that instance. Uh, maybe even have indicators of over players' head of what they're wanting to do today. Now you're talking about a robust, well, like just complete package solution, right? I'm thinking within the realm of what's in the game and what they could possibly do now. Destiny 3, sure, I think this is a better solution and a better way of doing things. Because it, it, how it works now, even if they got Gaudi Games to work better, the funnel's eventually going to get vacant or thin. Eventually, people just walk away and stop doing it. But the beauty of having it be in the tower is, <clears throat> what if, here's a, here, I'm going to take your idea and I'm going to make it even better. What if when you were sitting in orbit, you said, here's what I would like to do today, and then you go to the tower, and it puts you in a tower full of people looking to do similar activities, and it bases off of what is posted on the board in that tower. You instance into that tower, you're walking around, and now it's you can filter, you can be the person that kind of decides. You're like, okay, I'm looking to do a raid. There's a warlock over there. He's got the raid symbol over his head. Let me go Let me go talk to this guy. What are you looking to do? Do you have a team? Blah, 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 blah. What's your loadout? Have you done it before? Etc. And then that way, you're, you're taking your idea, but you're making sure that people around you are looking to do similar activities. If you want to do a raid and you end up in a tower and everybody in there is looking to do PvP or strikes or a nightfall, that's not helpful to you and it's not helpful to them. More cat. What if a clan leader put up a reward for clanmates that ran Gaudi Games? All members of the guide team have a chance to get an extra 1k that the clan leader got but doesn't want. Kill engagement for the raid. I mean... I'm always gun-shy of anything that feels like trading. I'm always gun-shy of anything that feels like trading. And the amount of people that get duplicates on exotics, I would be concerned that this would be a real easy way for people to get exotics really, really fast. You think about how many people get exotics right away, right? And then they have it, and then they don't need it, and then they keep getting more. Well, if that's the case, I don't like that. There's something about that I don't like. It's like, that's doing that thing where you're not... You're not pursuing the weapon, you're being given the weapon. I don't like that. What's so bad about trading? Trading is death to a loot pursuit game. It takes the pursuit out of the loot pursuit, you know? It just... I've gotten three 1Ks. And I got the second one pretty quick. You're saying in this idea that I could basically give 1K to anybody that goes and does a guided game? It's not death if done correctly. I just don't think it's worth trying to do in Destiny. It isn't worth it. Whatever benefit you think you're going to get, it's fraught with risk and potential problems, cheeses, and abuses. I just, I don't think it's worth it. I don't. 
whatever you think you're gaining, whatever you think you're gaining, I think you risk so much more. You risk de-incentivizing engagement. You risk uh, abuses and cheeses and people getting stuff too quickly. You know, a lot of times the trickle, the trickle of a game's experience is tied to more than just trickle of content. It's tied to the fact that you can't get everything right away. I... It, if I if I was Bungie, I wouldn't I wouldn't even let trading get on the table. I wouldn't. I would say, how do we keep people engaged? How do people keep people feeling rewarded? How do we lean into the loot pursuit identity of the game? I don't think trading I don't think trading helps. I think trading always has more potential problems than it's worth. And then they may spend all their time doing it and then it just becomes another thing for people to complain about or something that doesn't work right. I don't think it's worth the development time because it hasn't been needed up to this point it has not been needed up to this point it's not needed now I don't see it as high on the necessity uh, Richter scale what's good Chevy Uh, young Tesla what about guided uh, games specific class exotic like a bond or a cloak only problem there is if you make them super worth it if you make them super worth it you uh, it's then people are like I, the only way I can get that is to be a, is to go into guided games and it has to be something cool like ornaments for the raid weapons or the raid armor but it can't be an item that can't be gotten anywhere else that would add an in-game uh, in-game advantage I like somebody who had the idea of like you get a ghost that increases your exotic drop rates in the raid that was pretty good Credible Hulk says with the speculation of using the Unreal Engine do you think the feel of gunplay would change we get this question a lot I believe enough shooters have been designed in the Unreal Engine that Bungie could recapture the Destiny feel I have confidence in Bungie's ability and I have confidence in the Unreal Engine's uh, adaptability I think those two things are going to make a happy happy marriage if they decide to go with Unreal I do I truly truly do so uh, next question. Throlly7 says, Do you think removing the three man requirement for guides uh, would be more, would get more people into it? I can lead Last Wish and Scourge of the Past, but I would only consider guiding if I, if I would go into LFG and otherwise. In other words, when I'm not with a team. It does sound like at a very, very fundamental level, they need to say, let's stop having limitations on who can be a guide. Maybe they maybe they swung too hard at that, right? You know, hey, we don't want any old person going in and being a guide. Here's the problem with what you're saying, right? Let's let's think through let's think through all the possible bad outcomes here. If anybody can be a guide, it's too easy for people to go in and ruin the experience for others. Guides being linked to a a group, a party. Now, being linked to a clan, I think it's too stringent, right? That's part of the problem right now. It's too stringent. You're basically telling people you have to be in a situation that you might not be in just to just to come and help others. And if they if they are playing with their buds but not in a clan, like they should be able to go in and help people. But if you just let a solo player go in and be a guide, I don't know. I feel like that's far more fraught with uh, with potential problems. Because that is that is when you get people that troll. That is when you get douchebags. That's when you get losers. That's when you get people that have no idea what they're doing. Uh, I don't know. That could happen with a party too. But I think you're minimizing the chances when you require a, a party. No, requiring them to also be in a clan together, I think, is where they go too far. It's like, 
there's plenty of people that could party up. I could party up with people from this community for frick's sake, and we couldn't go into guided games because we're not in a clan together. Like, that's that's a mistake. Matrix. In my opinion, the answer isn't guided games. The answer is more dungeons. The, this is These are completely unrelated. Uh, they don't need to be massive like Shattered Throne, just strikes and multiple bosses, light mechanics to warm people up uh, towards raid encounters, and then help them to play with. I mean, I don't think this is related. You're trying to make it be related by saying, like, if there were more dungeons, people would be more equipped to run raids. I don't think there's anything to back up that that claim. Um, I don't think these two are even remotely related. I, if you want more dungeons, great, but Guided Games is there to be a solution for Endgame. It's there to be a solution for people to run content they ordinarily can't run. And I think that I think there's enough in our corner to say it would be better if people could get into the content than to just start adding dungeons, you know? Adding adding dungeons is not something I'm opposed to, but I don't think it has anything to do with why people may or may not know how to raid. Um, they feel un- they feel pretty unrelated in my mind. So, next question. Old and grimy Lono, what do you think about applying the Ada bounty system to additional raids, allowing the purchase of a bounty with a planetary material or something? I've been saying that I would love for the Ada bounties to come to the other NPCs in the game. I've been saying that for a while. And obviously this goes hand in hand with another idea that I put out there, which is we need a raid we need a raid NPC that can be leveled up, that can have things in, in their inventory, like you're saying, like the Ada bounties. This would give intentionality of like what you're going in for. There could be, you know, just more to do, more to chase, and then they could be the hub of of raid rank. They could be the hub of ornaments and things that would be your reward for raising your raid rank and running more than three raids a week. So yeah, I, I could get behind this, definitely. Um, uh, I Okay, I broke it and I fixed it. Uh, Mike and Ike for the win. Do you think flawless raid completions like Petra's Run and Diamond Run should have a better reward and option in Guide to Games? I don't feel like it's related to Guide to Games. I feel like they're, you know, they're, they could do more for flawless runs, but given the number of people that probably even get it completed, I I don't know. I don't know if it's a big I don't know if it's a big need right now, you know? I don't know if people are pining for oh I really want a reason to go go flawless. I think more people are wanting a reason to either run or be able to run the raid multiple times or a, a more streamlined experience to get into raids with other people. Yoda Yoda Bell uh, says, "What about the quitters? I waited for over thirty minutes and then was honest about my experiences, and they left. Time wasted." Well, yeah, I mean, the problem is, is that you wait for thirty minutes, and I think they have every right to protect their game experience. I'm not saying that people should be mean or bail on you after you fail once or twice, but there's two things we need to keep in in balance here. Number one, if someone and their clan are going to take the time to help others, they're allowed to protect their experience. If they don't mind helping people that are experienced but not 
highly experienced. They like helping people, but they don't want to help a brand new, like a raid virgin. You've never been in there before or whatever. If they don't want to help you, I think that's acceptable. Now, if they're basically backing out of every game and they're just, they're just using it as LFG, they're like, oh, I just, we're just looking for people basically that, that already know what they're doing. Well, then that's wrong. Like, that's not what Guided Games is for. Um, so, but I do think to a certain level, I think it's okay for people that are going to be giving their time and energy and resources to help others. I think it's okay for them to protect their experience a little bit. We would like somebody who has some experience in the raid. They've beaten two encounters, right? Maybe they haven't beaten the entire thing. But if they're going in there and they're like, no, you need three completions and an emblem and this and that and blah, 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 then get the frick out of Guided Games. You don't even understand the purpose of Guided Games. You're trying to use Guided Games as an LFG to to find people that know what they're doing. Just use LFG if that's how you're going to do it. Uh, Evil Clown says, I think more people do raids for exotics. But I believe if you quit a raid, you have to wait a certain time. What do you think or what should be done for those who jump in just to get a checkpoint and then leave? Uh, you would need... This is when it starts to get... This is like... This is when Bungie starts to look at it and probably says, it's, this is more trouble than it's worth. You know what I'm saying? I, if people are going to join and leave to get a checkpoint, there's not a whole lot you can do about that. You know? Are you going to report them? And then what's Bungie supposed to do? Investigate every single dum-dum who who for some dumb frick reason uses guided games to get a checkpoint? Who is sitting around waiting 30 minutes on the off chance they get paired with somebody who has a checkpoint? That doesn't seem like a lot of people. So, I... Guided Games doesn't give checkpoints? Oh, well then there you go. Mr. Steve, thank you so much for the brand new Prime sub. Welcome to the Rageless. Uh, so many people have used Prime subs lately. Thank you those that have been doing that. I don't think this is a major problem. I, I think, again, you've got to do... Allow the player base to be its own filtering process. And if people are going to go in and be idiots, if people are going to go in and, and try to ruin it for others, I think eventually they would either stop because they get... they just it takes so long to get in anyways but if they streamline the process I think I can see where he's coming from if they streamline the process and you can hop into games really you know relatively quickly you might get people that are just looking for checkpoints wouldn't you rather have a good solution for getting into raids where you periodically have to put up with some douche idiot who's just looking for a checkpoint I mean how much of your time is really wasted they get in there they get the checkpoint and then they bail well if if guided games is working really, really fast, it shouldn't be that hard for you to get another person in there. You know? I don't know. I don't think they want to get into too much of a babysitting service about it. Just give us a good solution to get people into raids together. Arctic Spartan. Since you can five-man all the last witch and scourge, do you think that uh, it is a good reward system in place for guided games that experienced players will tell them uh, a random sex to sit in the corner and do nothing while they five man everything. Again, you are you are legislating to the minority. You're legislating to the minority. The 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 smallest percentage in the community that is that polished, that skilled, and that consistently running raids five man. They're a small percentage, right? And sure. In an ideal world, we wouldn't want somebody going into guided games and basically being like, we don't have time to teach you any of this crap. Stand in the corner, shut your mouth, and you'll get your loot. We don't want that to happen. But 
I don't think that would be normative. I don't. I don't think that would be normative. I don't think there's that many people in the community. You're imagining people that are experienced enough to five-man it. They're experienced enough to five-man it. They're experienced enough to go into guided games to try to get the rewards, and but they're also impatient douches that are just going to tell you to stand in the corner and shut your mouth. Like, I... I don't know. I don't know who these players are. I don't think they're in abundance. I don't think they represent the community. I don't think they would be a problem that needs that needs like mitigated for. We better not let people, you know, use guided games because this might happen. This feels like a phantom fear. I think a lot of the times we dream up, we dream up problems, and they're like phantom fears. They're not rooted in, you know, that wouldn't be happening that often. So we don't need to legislate to it. Death Starfish, want to know your thoughts on people teaching in this game. I did one last list completion with Guided Games. I was told to stand here and we'll do the rest um, or just die. It's easier that way. I wish there was an incentive or something for them to show and explain what's happening. Now, we're getting we're getting questions that are related to each other, so clearly you guys think this, this would be a big problem. Let me speak to it. <laughs> Let me speak to it, okay? I could see them saying you get role assignment like badges or stars thank you uh brit for 22 months you the best i can see like okay let's 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 use raids that we're familiar with what if in the king's fall raid you got like a ton of guided games experience points for the npc if you had the person that wasn't a part of the guide team run the relic it would be like a way, you know how we do raid challenges now? You have to do something in like a real specific order. Like, oh, don't kill the ogres. That's a raid challenge. What if part of guided games was guide challenges? Let the, let the people that you're guiding do the hard thing and then you'll complete the guide challenge and get an extra drop. Or you'll get a, you'll get a reward, right? You'll get a thing that you wouldn't get if you just had them stand in the corner or jump off the map, you know? That again gets complicated, but you uh, you could say like the five man team could go in and be like, all right, let's really work to get this guy to do all the different things because if he does all the different responsibilities, if he dunks this or does that or or handles this responsibility, then we're gonna get extra loot. We're gonna get we're gonna complete a guide challenge. I don't know. Uh, fuzz bounce. I think Destiny 2 actively moved away from having a hero in raids, but in doing so made late raids less accessible and fun as having any weak players causes wipes. Scourge moved back to a more D1 system where two, one or two people can do most of the work and is therefore more enjoyable, I think. Do you agree uh, they should continue with this style of raid? See, you're, th- this is actually good. This is actually good because now we're getting the other side of the coin. Somebody's saying... You know, yeah, people tend to do that in raid, sure, but those hero moments are part of the reason that those those hardcore players like going in there. They like to be the guy that does everything, right? They like to save the day, and those hero moments can be really addicting and can be really satisfying. And I could see people arguing and saying, "Sure, it's a bummer to go in and have somebody say we'll do everything, just shut up and sit in the corner," but at the same time. Are we getting are we getting more raid engagement because of that? Because you have people that feel like they can be the hero. Um, I don't know. I think there's two sides to the coin. 
Uh, darned Ben, do you think people should be able to guide a game with just one person? Already addressed this. I think I think requiring at least two to three people is a good system. You don't want just any old homie throwing himself in there and claiming he can be a guide if he doesn't even have a team with him. That could get really sketched. People could literally just troll, you know, and then they're the host, and then they would just DDoS you just to be a douche. Like, there's all kind of things that could happen when you don't require at least a party, you know? Uh, Geritol, you mentioned changing engines. What engine would you change to? Unreal. For example, I'm looking at Ace Combat. The graphics look great. Would that be an example of the engine that could be used? Well, I don't know what Ace Combat's built in, homie. I don't know. Um, but that's the minority DDoSing. I think, I think T-Funk's right. There's a minority DDoSing. But I think when you would open up the floodgates of anybody trying to get help with raids, somebody being like, oh, I can be a guide. I, I don't know. I think you do need to do need to control that. Again, mitigating pain, I think, is important. And that, I think, is, 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 is a really big deal. I don't know how I got 500,000 on that shot. I don't know what the frick happened. Um, that was really, really weird. Uh... But yeah, as far as the engine of that that Ace Combat game, no idea. Oh, it's built in Unreal? Yeah, there you go. Uh, Unreal, I think, is a good engine to pivot to because of its agility. It's used a, it's used in a lot of different places, and Epic could really assist. And if you throw it in Epic's launcher, they have cross-play built in. So. East Coast Cuduck says, What do you feel about them adopting a World of Warcraft standpoint with Raid Finder? Have a more dumbed-down version of the raid that, while it has drops, are less powerful. Some of the mechanics are tweaked for the lower end, but gives the player base more of a casual experience. I like this. I like this. What if they did matchmaking, you know, for raids and the... Um, there are no raid tokens. There are no revive tokens. There's no revive timer. Just infinite revives. But you get less drops, or they're not powerful. But you can go in and learn. You can go in and learn the raid. You can go in and kind of figure it out, kind of navigate it. You know, see if it, see if it, see if you can kind of sort out what you're supposed to do and how. And then after you do that, you can maybe go into the harder version. Uh, S0 says, related to your comments on different engine, what would allow engine Destiny 2 to run on Mac, specifically if they switched to Unreal? I don't think the engine is why it runs on Mac or doesn't run on Mac. It's just a matter of, is it worth building and porting your game to Mac, given that they represent such a minority in the gaming world? Um, that's the main reason. Matrix, uh, what went on Mercury every so often, a challenge world boss came through the infinite forest gateway they could have their own loot pools rotate daily and just make mercury worthwhile in general this goes back to my idea with the haunted forest haunted forest was a fun activity and if the haunted forest had a boss that rotated each week then you could go and fight that boss and that boss could have a gun and a piece of armor that drops so you could end up with a full set you can end up with a full set of Haunted Forest armor, and when they're dropping whatever gun it is they're dropping, you know, you got random rolls, and then you got the, uh, the, the there's a curated roll in there that's the best, and then, you know, it's, it's, it's a different thing each week, and then, you know, the further you get, the better chances of the drops you get, uh, the better chances of getting the curated, this is where curated armor could come into play, you know, enhanced perks, etc., there's a lot they could do with do, do with the containers in the game that are loopable that have a boss at the end. Strikes, 
you know, the forge, haunted forest. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot there. That that loop works really, really well. I really, really liked. I did. I liked the haunted forest. Chevy saying he liked it too. There's something about it. It was just cool. It was just fun. Uh, Tipticon. Thoughts on getting raid perks back on weapons and armor instead of only unique is enhanced and old raids. Uh, and the old raid mods. Yeah, like, okay, so the obviously the fallen raid mods were really helpful in Niobe. Um, that was really, really nice to get to get that help in Niobe. That getting that fed that ammo regularly was really helpful. But other than that, yeah, I, I don't know why they don't do intrinsic raid perks anymore. Uh, it feels like such an easy uh, such an easy win for contextual power, feeling like you know what you're wearing makes a makes a difference. Um, I think there's always room for that in in the raid, and I think that's one of the that's one of the missteps that they've made with raids in Destiny Two is they've shied away from saying you get this armor, you get this benefit in the raid. That doesn't to me that's just never made any sense. Their argumentation for it made no sense. It was something like we didn't want it to restrict player freedom. We, you know, we wanted people to feel like they could wear whatever they wanted. Okay, but if I want enhanced perks, I have to wear raid armor or Reverie Dawn armor. So you're you're not you're not being consistent in my estimation. And so that means, with according to your own game logic and things that you've done, there's room, there's room for perks that can only be gotten in a certain area. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I don't know. I think there's plenty of room for it. And it just makes sense. Like in the future, it would make even more sense to have that along with set bonuses. And if they build in another engine and they can give, you know, be a little bit more elaborate with b- having loadouts, like a loadout system would really alleviate a lot of the reasons why they probably don't do this. Is there's just not a streamlined way to change everything up? But if you had a loadout system where there were five boxes above your character's head and each of those could be assigned a loadout well then depending on the activity you'd push the loadout you want and it would change all your change everything you're wearing so you have a loadout for strikes you have a loadout for patrols nightfalls the raid etc you just push that button and it changes everything for you um that just seems like such a great solution that again there's just a lot about this game that is they there's only so much they can do and a lot of that has to do with uh, the engine there's a lot about it that's restrictive uh, you can just feel it in the way that they've had to navigate the vault in the way that they had to navigate collections in in the first game and that you know the old consoles were holding it back too i mean there's just been a lot of things that have made it difficult for them to give us ease of management of all the loot in the game and so therefore they don't want you having a loadout that is completely and utterly different for you know seven different activities or something like that more cat to clarify i worded that oddly where is my exotic weapon that guardians uh way down the road will chase man you're struggling homie uh shin malfour and jaren ward had the last word rezel i'm not reading your question like dude seriously like just take a second and spell check before submitting i'm skipping to the next it's not fair to make me read through something that poorly written twice Jscan, did you experience the breakneck quests in tandem with completing the Malfeasance quest? I see your point on going after one of them, but I had the experience of doing both at the same time. The meatball was just random chance. 
uh, while also having a good long-term goal. Yeah, but I'm telling you, like, there's just, there is something just right about chasing rolls and drops. There's just something right about it. There is, you know? I'm not trying to be rude, bro, but, like, if I can't understand your question, it just really hurts the quality. Like, that's two questions now that just are, that feel very, very, uh, full of typos and broken sentences. I'm, I'm not trying to be rude, but it was, I did, I could not figure out what you were saying. Um, so, whether it's the, the, whether it's the loaded question, the mountaintop, or the breakneck, I don't like the idea of it just being a pure transaction of time. I think pursuing a role it just fits the natural lanes and as we said the emotional experience of the player we failed we failed I got an AFK dum-dum up there and nobody else with me neato um oh my gosh that's we we get plagued by that every once in a while you know what that's fine I just finished the frame so you piece the frick out yeah, I still think the emotional experience of somebody chasing a chance at a drop instead of grinding through 50 strikes or whatever, I think is significantly better for the player's experience. If you have to play 40 strikes to get a gun, during those 40 strikes, there's no excitement, there's no chance of greatness. It's just 40 strikes. If you're grinding for a god roll blast furnace, Every time you finish that forge and it's on the ground, that's a chance at the roll you want. So your emotional state during that process is one of excitement. You're engaged. You're 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 hopeful. Instead of I got to do 28 more, 20 more, 10 more, 5 more. The whole time you're just waiting. You're just waiting. Twitch is having audio decent issues. Yeah, I don't know what the issue is. Yeah, it looks fine for me. I, I don't. If you refresh, it typically goes away. We've been having a lot of complaints about video and audio desync lately. I have double checked and triple checked my mic. Everything's good on my end. Uh, Akuma Fang, what if the quest stuff was more skill based when? Uh, then the sen- senseless grind of like 40 matches, but more like get precision multi kills and things like that since the pinnacle should be skill based. No, I- again, again, you're, you're making it a transaction of time and what skill based, what getting precision kills and gambit come the frick on. Like, I, yeah. That's not that hard, man. It isn't. And if, oh, well, maybe Gambit wins. Oh, you want to talk about putting people in a miserable hamster wheel, then require Gambit wins to get the breakneck. I think it would have been better if the bounty for the the breakneck would have functioned like an Ada bounty. Go, you play two Gambit matches, you're done, you come back, you get it, you complete it, it spits out, it spits out a breakneck. Not the role you want, no problem. Do it again, do it again, do it again. Now, some people might have gotten the god roll breakneck within, you know, 10 games instead of 40 games. But you're in pursuit of it, you're like chasing it, you're not just grinding out 40 matches, there's just a there is a dramatic difference I've done my best to capture the difference because of the emotional state you're in when there's a chance of something to drop versus waiting for X number of games for it to drop 
It's not even a drop. It's just a transaction of time. WT, do you think there's a way to improve the clan system itself that will help in the short term to fix the alleviate uh, guided games? I mean, they could put somewhere in the tower where if you're looking for a clan and clans are looking for clan members, again, you could just go and stand and they could kind of just be like, when do you typically play? Because if you're in the tower at midday, and that's typically when me and my clan buddies play, and we go over to the clan section, and we're like, yeah, we don't have enough people to raid today. Who's over here? Oh, hey, what's up, man? Do you typically play around this time? Yeah, I do. I just have my job, you know, my job shift just changed, and now I'm, I'm playing a lot during the day. Oh, man, you, okay, cool. Why don't, you, why don't you join us? They could do something like that. You just place a place in the tower, and then just back and forth between the players to sort it out. BWF Glow, touching on your thought about pinnacle rolls being RNG-based, isn't it a bad thing when someone gets a pinnacle weapon on their first roll? Shouldn't a pinnacle weapon be earned a bit more than that? Or are you okay if someone gets lucky? If someone gets lucky, that's a legend of old that gets told and told for years to come. Dude, do you remember the time we were playing with James and James got the god roll his first? I freaking hate him, man. Yo, what's up, guys? Yeah, man, I got him my first try. <laughs> like, that's fine. That those stories get told and it it's part of the experience. You know? It's part of the experience. Everybody has that that guy that gets the best stuff the fastest, and you hate him, but you still play with him, maybe. Um yeah, like the other night, a perfect example. Thank you, Smack. Trav, Typhoon Trav getting the 1K on his second ever Last Wish completion and yelling and screaming, and he doesn't even know what it is or what it does. That's a story that we'll always be able to tell. We'll always remember that. That's a, that's, that's a moment that you can't have. You can't have that moment if if we tell Trav, oh, uh, yeah, if you want the 1K voices, you gotta do 20 more raids, and, uh, then you gotta do this, uh, and then you get it. Ah, no. It's such a better story to be like, dude, Trav went in his second time and, and got it. He was in there with a guy who's been trying every week and can't get one, right? Yeah, Rain was in there. Pouring Rain was in there. Uh, and to add insult to injury, you know, Trav kept calling him Ryan, which is funny in its own way. Th- there is, there is a whole story there. There's a, there's a, there's a romance. There's a, there's a tragedy. There's comedy. There's so much in that story that we get to tell and, and, and enjoy instead of, do, does anybody have any good stories about the breakneck? No, you played 10 games that day, you hated every minute of it, and you ran into a bunch of AFK morons that were just macroing their way to get the thing done. You know? As frustrated as people get when they see somebody get 1k their second try, there's something charming and funny about it. There's no funny or charming stories about the loaded question, the mountaintop, or the breakneck. It's all frustration. It's all frustration. There's nothing good there. Uh, mythological figure. What are your thoughts on this idea? NPC weekly bounties for five-man fire teams completing individual raid encounters with a solo player. Structure would be similar to spider bounties. Yeah, we already outlined an idea like this. You go to the NPC for guided games, and there's like challenges. I would even weave into your bounty idea what we already said. You don't just do it with a solo player, but that solo player has to do. You have you have a bounty for each encounter, right? That solo player has to hold a crystal at Shuro Chi. That solo player has to do a plate at at at, uh, at the beginning encounter. Uh, Nifali, I forget her freaking name. You know that player has to 
uh, grab a Riven's eye during the Morgeth fight. Each each encounter would have a bounty tied to that solo player. So you're not just like, yeah, just go stand in the corner and shut your freaking face, dude. We got you. We're going to get you your raid gear. Right? Yeah, if you guys want to see the clip of Trav yelling that he got it, it's in chat. Chevy says, few thoughts. What do you think? Add a vendor that allows a choose seeker guide and it prompts to select which raid and additional info, mic experience, etc. Guides can get non-powerful random roll drops to make it worthwhile uh, or a chance the drops they have guided games exclusive mods similar to Leviathan mods while in a guided game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about this earlier. You just weren't here, Chevy. We said that a really good way to get people into guided games would be to say you can continue raiding. Right? Like, right now, right now, there's no reason to continue raiding. You're like, I'm done. I've got my three. I'm done. What if, if you wanted infinite chances that week for the 1K or a better version of the threat level, Guided Games gave you infinite drops, basically. You just always are getting drops. They're just not powerful. Yeah. We love that idea. That idea, I think, is the perfect, is the perfect kind of combination of a lot of things we've talked about needing. Because I said one of the hurdles... One of the hurdles for guided games is that your experienced players get their three runs and then they're done, right? You've got to fill the funnel. You've got to fill the funnel of people that know what they're doing. They're needed. Uh, Microma OP, do you think it would be cool to have a whole competitive strike playlist with a leaderboard keeping track of who has done what strike the fastest with each strike having enemies and different burns and different modifiers? I, I don't know. I don't know how motivated the, the player base is by stuff like this. I don't know. No idea if this would motivate people to run strikes. Personally, I think Zavala being given bounties like Ada, and then you could grind for really cool rolls on new Vanguard weapons and stuff, it, but you have to do it in strikes. I think that would be the best way, personally. More cat. What if any time you and your fire team start a raid with five or six, you could leave your fire team open, automatically take on a seeker role while your team still gets to make progress through the raid while the seeker joins. The seeker would see that you're part of a team before selecting. I mean, the only way this works is if it's fast. If we're in the middle of a fight and you join, are you going to get rewards? People could just literally just hop and be like, thanks for the rewards, I'm out. And they just keep joining in-progress teams that finish the encounter, and then they get their rewards and they're out. If they don't get the rewards, then they basically join and have to freaking sit there. They're like, cool, when you guys are done, awesome, I'll join you. Oh, we'll wipe, we'll get you in here, man, no problem. I guess teams might take that attitude, you know. I don't, I don't think that, I think that causes and, and, and creates more potential problems than it solves. Um, cause if you get the chance to get good gear from playing with that person, them coming in basically means you got to wipe and start over. So, uh, easy E 85, since most people have three characters, what about the option of going into strikes with your other two characters as bots over a solo player? I don't know if there's anything built for that. So I love the idea, but I don't know if that's something that they want to do. Destiny's meant to be played with others. Um, I'm just continued. I've continued to tell people like if you're trying to play this game solo, I just I I just think it's a fool's errand. I, you know, the, the the matchmaking can put you with people. Uh, we I'm trying to come up with solutions to get you into games with people because I think that's Destiny at its best. You playing by yourself at with bots is not Destiny at its best. 
that this is obviously my opinion based off of four years of playing though I'm not just like saying that haphazardly like I think destiny functions at its best when you're playing with others and that I don't think that works in this game that well Jam, I tried guiding games last night with Scourge of the Past and five other clanmates, but we couldn't get into the activity due to the Ocarina error. Uh, what is, so does it even work in the first place? I have no idea what the frick error that is or why you were experiencing it. Uh, obviously, we don't want error messages, but that happens. I mean, that happens when you're trying to do anything in Destiny. There's always a chance that there's error messages. You're saying it kept happening. I, I, I don't know. I, I've never even heard of that era, error, but it could be completely and utterly linked to Gotti Games only. Commander Tyke, I was recently looking in my collection. I noticed there's only two exotic pulse rifles and one energy uh, hand cannon. I think they should look for Joker's Wild. Focus more on missing exotics, like a new exotic pulse or energy and less of these weapons. Your thoughts? I mean, going to the exotic list and just picking out missing items and saying, I think they should add this. Personally, I don't think we need more exotics. I think we need more pinnacle weapons to pursue. I think it creates more natural grind. It's a better content loop. And I think it gives you more freedom in your loadout. Like, I don't need an exotic primary. I don't. I have great primaries that can do the job right now. I can use Breakneck. I can use, you know, I, I can use the, the, the Warden's Law. I have, a, I, have a, I have a litany of options in my loadout that do a fine job. And if you, handle, if you hand me an, an exotic that is a primary or an energy, I, I just, I don't need that right now. I would take a really, really cool primary or energy weapon that has a unique perk on it, like Desperado or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? There's a lot there, I think, that's better than just targeting exotics. You know, like in your example, an, an exotic energy hand cannon. Okay, cool. Why do I need that? I have I have energy hand cannons right now that I the the orchid and the the Orchid and the Nation of Beasts function at the height of an energy hand cannon. I have hand cannons right now I can use. I can use a Better Devils, a Midnight Coup, or a Warden's Law. All of them function at the ceiling of efficiency of a primary weapon. I don't need your exotic hand cannon. I'm going to grind for it and throw it in the vault. You know? Like, that's just... I think pinnacle, pinnacle primaries and secondary weapons in the form of a legendary makes way more sense. Like the Jotun, sure, if you really blow the lid off, but again, you're still going to hit that problem of how is that gun supposed to function? I don't think you can pull pull the Jotun out of the hat every time. I think you're going to start to run out of ideas. I, you know, you're going to start to run out of ideas. The Jotun's not even a traditional weapon type. It's a, it's a unique you know, completely brand new idea and thing, I don't think you're going to be able to do that for forever. Um, you know, that that would be the justification, right? If it's that strong and it's that unique, that's the justification. You're like, well, of course you're going to want to go for that exotic. It's, 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 there's nothing else in the game like it. Sure, but how many Jotuns do you think Bungie's got in their trick box? I think they're, I think they're going to run out eventually. Secret Ghost, did you see the videos of people stacking their Izanami's Burden Sniper to kill every strike box in one second? Do you think it's a problem, or is that the kind of power we should be able to have since a coordinated effort? This is exactly why difficulty spectrum is needed in the game. 
This is why difficulty spectrum is needed in the game. Because this is an example of pinnacle players doing pinnacle things, and it turns all it turns the content like into a bit of a joke. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being that strong, but what if what if you could run a strike and have the difficulty ratcheted way up so that was how you fought the boss? You had to come up with really creative ways to do enough damage because the boss is like so strong and in doing so there's a chance of some cool unique item to drop or maybe that's how you farm for exotics intentionally right they're like okay if we, if you run the exotic strike ver- the, 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 the exotic version of this strike well then it's going to be really freaking hard and you're going to have to come up with really creative ways to beat it now me personally the exotic would have to be really, really worth it. I don't like I don't like delta scaling stuff, but players that love to do that kind of science and min-maxing and stuff, they would probably go in there and do that. They would probably throw themselves into that strike, they'd throw themselves into that version of the strike, and they'd beat their head against that wall, and then their reward would be, you know, the exotic, a guaranteed exotic drop, you know? I destroy stuff. Building on the concept JSCAN touched on with time investment weapons being rewarded to you, I find a predicament here. Yes, the pursuit of a god-tiered role is by far the thing that'll keep players engaged and chasing forever uh, until they get it, but at the same time, these pinnacle weapons for these activities allow players who may be relatively new to the game to have something they can bank on being quote-unquote reliable. Something you may not get off random rolled gear. Great question, and I'm going to answer it in a way that I don't want to come across as being insensitive, okay? But if you're new to the game or you're inexperienced, I don't really care about you getting pinnacle gear. (laughs) It's not for you. It's not for you. Pinnacle gear is not for Johnny Two Hours. It isn't. Pinnacle gear is not for, you know, green green player, wet behind the ears, uh, kindergarten. It's not. That's not what pinnacle gear is for. Pinnacle gear is for me and for you. It's for the people that put in the hours. That's what it's that's what's why it's pinnacle. It's at the top. Why would we hand pinnacle gear to a brand new player? Aren't you kind of hurting their experience when you do that? Like be honest. Aren't you kind of hurting their experience? Hey, how you doing? Yeah? Brand new to the game? Here's a breakneck. All other primaries are gonna seem like crap to you. What? Wouldn't it be better for them to slowly work their way up and start to find guns they like better and perks they like better and then all of a sudden they're playing with somebody one day and they're like, what in the frick is that? I love auto rifles and that auto rifle, that auto rifle looks good. And then they go and they chase it. You see? At the same time, you're saying they should be able to randomly get it. Well, sure, Ruku, but now you're imagining in in an environment where a brand new player goes into... This is endgame content, so keep in mind, I've said this before, the bounty system for Pursuit of Pinnacle Gear like Ada has should be endgame content. You get access to it at maybe at power level intervals. Maybe once you hit 625, all of the NPCs get a piece of armor every week. And there's a piece of gun, there's a gun every week too, but that's locked at 650. Well, once you're at max power, it's that's what you're chasing anyway. 
So they would they would they would tier it. It's not like you would drop in the game day one. You're like barely playing, and you're like, "What's this bounty here? What's this do?" And they do it, and they get the best version of the best gun. Like that's so thin in in possibility, and it, we, you could make it to where it's not even possible, right? We've talked about this before. Open up, open up. If you're at max level, okay? If you're at max level, what I want you to do is I want you to open up your director and I want you to be honest about how much of the game does not matter to you. How many milestones do you have that you're just basically ignoring? You don't You don't need to do them. You're just like, like I'll pull mine up right now, Okay. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter, doesn't matter, doesn't matter, doesn't matter, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. I don't need any of that stuff. If, if my director completely changed when I got the 625 and there were all these new icons to indicate like, hey, all these NPCs now have uh, weekly, uh, weekly resets and their bounties change. And when their bounties change, you can pursue the, these, uh, these pieces of armor, right? And uh, if you get to 650, if you get to 650, then they're gonna have guns. You can even see the guns now, as like a as like an incentive. Like get to 650, you get to 650, and the whole game goes shink, and it changes. It just it just completely becomes a, a a new a new loot pursuit for you. So there's not somebody like Johnny two hours doesn't accidentally wander into some place and and accidentally get a, the best gun with the best roll. Like you, you just you would create it so that's not really possible. Now if if they've only been 650 for a day and they get really really lucky on a drop Oh man, look at what I got. I got this gun and my buddy's freaking out. He says this is a really great roll and it's the roll that he's been going for. This is awesome. Do you know what you just did? Do you know what you just did? You just created a fan of grind, a fan of loot pursuit. He got a taste, man. He got a taste. And once they get a taste, they're gonna like you get that that intentionality feel of like, okay, what else can I go for? What else can I chase? Then they're gonna then they're gonna chase other other roles. But when you're basically like, here comes Johnny two hours, we better make sure we make pinnacle weapons available to him before you know he really doesn't have the time to commit. And you just hand him a breakneck. It's like giving a kid a toy. It's like it's like kids that it's like kids that have all the toys, right? We're getting raided by Clintus. Thank you very much. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or YouTube, you guys know I'm a fan of Clintus. He's on a podcast with me every Monday night called the Rageous Roundtable. We're going to have one tonight that you guys should tune into live, and you should check out twitch.tv slash Clintus. Uh, People in chat should do the same thing. Great guy, great streamer, and uh, keeps it about as close to family-friendly as I do. He he, he did a little bit bit of swearing on the the channel, but he usually keeps it pretty, uh, pretty friendly. Uh, for the folks at home. Good guy and a, a good gamer. Good member of the Destiny community. So, I think there's a lot more to be to be done with getting the max level and the entire game changing and giving people those pursuits. And as you said, sure, their first bounty that they ever do for some new gun might spit out the pinnacle version, but again, I feel like once they get a taste for that, they're, they're going to be going every week for stuff. Uh, Ness... 2430, what fundamental gameplay shift do you foresee happening with D3 since there will be a lot more looter shooter games to choose from? Example, dedicated servers, separation of PvP, weapon balance, another game type, uh, raids and strikes for solo players. I think they've got to 
they have to keep their identity. They can't become a completely different game, but I do think dedicated servers is 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 got to be in there somewhere. There has to be a clear a clear difference between the size and scope of what Destiny has felt like up to this point. And in I I don't know which talk it was in. It might have been my Destiny 3 talk. I said it really is time to have a clear line between PVP and PVE, like a clear line. And the reason from and the reason for me saying that is there is so many restrictions in this the same way the same way that they have they have basically painted themselves into a corner with you know without dedicated servers there's only so much they can do with the size of the worlds and stuff they I think they also limit what they can do with power when PVP and PVE are not separate right if PvP and PvE are not separate, every single time you come up with a good idea, every single time we're like, dude, what if an exotic did this? What if a weapon did this? We're always like, oh my gosh, that would break PvP. But if we don't have to say that, right? If we can say that they can they can make these powerful things and make these powerful items without breaking PvP, that opens up the game in a significant way. In a significant way. Uh, the, the Unibomber 88 says... What do you think of a hybrid of RNG and questline to get pinnacle weapons? I don't like that having it having RNG as part of it. I mean, if you look at the the Izanagi's Burdens quest, the that that quest, you if you don't get a rare bounty for Ada, then you can't advance. And if you can't advance, you can't do Shattered Throne, and then Shattered Throne goes away. Thank you for two months in a row, Tux. I I don't know. I I don't think. I think the combination of RNG and and time gated stuff in the Izanagi's Burden quest, I that's a mouse trap on Bungie's fingers, man. They they tried they tried to get away with something new and something fresh, and I think they got bit for it. I don't think the community has enjoyed that element of that quest at all, and I think it's a justifiable criticism. It's not people just whining because they want stuff to be easy. It's like this you're literally not letting me advance the quest, and I would like to. You know, it's, uh, you know, forge weapons are basically quest lines with RNG. No, yeah, but not in the way that this question was asked. I, I, in my mind, yes, we're already doing that. It's a bounty and a bounty is very quickly done. Quest lines are generally have stages and this has like two stages. Fill it talk to Ada, get it. That's it. Like, that's why I feel like it's just more of a... I think there's a difference between a bounty and a, and a quest. And we're splitting hairs a little bit, and it's not that important. But when I think of a quest with RNG in it, like the Izanagi's Burden quest, I think that is... That's a that's a, that's a that's a like a measurable mistake. I don't think you want players saying, man, I would have loved to advance this this week and get the rare bounty and uh, and then go do, th- you know, Shattered Throne... But uh, <laughs> they they didn't let me. I you know I didn't have one, and because I didn't have one, I couldn't do that. And now I have to wait two two weeks. You know, you know, wait two more weeks for Shattered Throne to come back. Uh, that's a mistake in my mind. Santa Claus. What if there was a raid cap for Pinnacle Exotics? Um, sure, if you run Last Wish ninety nine times. And you haven't gotten 1k, that person's guaranteed to get on their 100th run because the cap is 100 runs. I apologize if this is confusing. I don't want it to be a cap. I like where your head's at, though. We have basically said, why not make it like 
the RNG applied to Nightfall drops and uh, Escalation Protocol. Escalation Protocol and Nightfalls basically say every time you don't get one, your chances go up. And that, I think, is the proper way to do it. It still has elation and excitement. It's not just a pure transaction of time. But you're not stuck in that it's been three months and I can't get, you know, I can't get the the 1K to drop, right? I, th- that that just because eventually the the problem is is the raid relevancy starts to go down and then you have people that are just like I don't my team doesn't care anymore and I kind of don't care anymore I don't think that's the state you want interested parties to feel apathetic or indifferent or just frustrated to the point of giving up I don't think that that is you, you never want that to be a possible outcome uh, of your of your of your content like oh dude i'm so freaking tired of this just forget it uh you, i don't i don't think you want that to be <laughs> the possible conclusion that people come to and that's what's happening with anarchy and the 1k is people are just like dude i'm done i i don't care anymore you know stormcrow what do you think of having pvp in an open world pvevp thing like the division dark zone instead of isolated sandbox arcade type that we have now I just don't know if that's within the scope or the identity of Destiny. That feels way out of left field. That feels out of left field to me. Um, the the Gambit Gambit has shown if they're gonna do that, they really really need to balance things because Gambit allows you to do you know you know two activities, but there's just certain items that are so strong. That if that they turn the tide of a game, they turn the tide of a match, and it's frustrating for people. And I don't think I think it's it's obviously hurting the reception of Gambit one with just a couple of items. So the only way you pull this off in Destiny Three, the only way you pull this off is if it's a very very balanced and as we said a little bit ago, a separated game needs to be big time separated because if not you're going to be in the same scenario man i love the i would love the pvevp environment but people just keep using this item people just keep doing this people just keep doing that and that's the problem is that's what gambit devolved into it just evolved into race to 25 invade with queen breaker and that that when you do that that's when people just lose interest not a lot of comeback not a lot of not a lot of variety t funk i run 3 raids in the first 2 hours of reset looking for anarchy after those raids i stop playing destiny is there anything you can think of people like myself to stay engaged with the content well under the under the subject of of guided games we said that a really great thing for you would be the ability to run guided games and have chances that don't stop. So you get your first three chances, they're all powerful. We've had iterations on this idea before now, right? We've said, hey, uh, what if what if running, you know, the first three raids you get powerful drops, and then after that, you can get you, you can always get a non-powerful drop, always. And then you can keep grinding for the roles that you want, or the anarchy, or whatever. Um, that that is a, that is a solution. And then again, tying it to guided games is a solution because then you're suddenly funneled into guided games as an experienced raider, and you know that as long as you're playing with people that you've never played before, or helping people that have never played before, you're getting infinite chances for the loot that you want. 
I mean, people are driven by loot. We did the same thing for the the Nano Phoenix ship, right? Everybody that wanted the la- Nano Phoenix ships, like I didn't need anything from the from Wrath of the Machine anymore. But I, but it would have. I was, I wanted that ship, and I remember it was exciting when I got it. You know, it was cool. So if you in, if you motivate people with loot, I think that's when you can start to see things turn around but again motivating people with loot is difficult when they can only they can only run the content once a week basically on each character but still you're limiting their engagement now if if they're like well people could just grind like crazy and get everything and that hurts engagement in the long term this is where this is where having a raid npc is the remedy right it it is it is the it is the remedy. The, oh well, uh, you, why would you keep playing? Oh well, of course you would keep playing because you can you can level up the NPC and get cool stuff. You know that I think is uh, that I think is the answer. So. That's going to conclude uh, question and answer. That's a lot of questions, guys. Thank you so much. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, I'm probably live right now. Come on in, twitch.tv slash say no to rage, or look up say no to rage in the Twitch app and come hang out, submit your own questions. If you're here watching live right now, we're going to keep streaming. I am not shutting down the stream. We're going to keep talking. You can keep putting uh, ideas and comments in chat. Now is a better time to submit ideas in chat because I can interact with them outside of Q&A. Uh, and we can kind of have a little bit more of a back and forth. And as always, please click the follow button if you're enjoying the content. That's a free and easy way to support what I do. If you are listening to this in the other places or watching in the other places, I appreciate you doing that. Please like, share, and subscribe.